0: Two hours of that derailment, the EPA was in there, within two hours. Every major agency in the United States government that had anything to do with rail and or cleanup was there and is there.
1: Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Sunday, February 26, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. I, I believe today is an especially important episode. We've been covering the Ohio disaster since it started, or at least since it seemed that people became aware of it after a weird 10 day period where it seemed that everything was being suppressed. And I think today's in particular is important because we dive deeper into dioxins in particular and make it clear why I think this is in a lot of different ways being covered up. That's for sure, in my opinion. And then it potentially, you know, why this may have been allowed to happen. And that could be as simple as just profit maintaining the illusion that everything's okay and getting those railroads right back, you know, the, the uh, railroad cars running right again. But I want us to ask these questions today because it's it's really clear to me, and it has been since the very beginning, that it they're the government, and that's why I played that clip to start, we'll, we'll explain that in a minute, is very clearly playing this insultingly close to the chest with things that they later say that then, then expose the fact that people were being told it was okay when it wasn't, Right to this moment, we have examples of people getting sick, animals getting sick, rashes on their faces, which I'll show you why that's important. Explaining in old documentation that coming from CNN and all the outlets that are acting like they don't know what dioxins are today, writing about this before and explaining why that exposes or reveals, let's put it simply before we get into the article, a level too high, an exposure level that far away. As far as I think we've seen at least seven, eight miles away, people having rashes. I'll go over this stuff today. In particular, now let me be clear, reports of this, in particular in the immediate area, the actual seemingly three mile area where this seems to be acute, we are seeing this everywhere. Even the corporate media is now covering this as of yesterday into today. Headaches, rashes, people that are in their home and then just getting outside their home makes them feel a little bit better. And then going to work 20 miles away makes them feel even more clear. And then when they come back, oh, their headache comes right back. I can't even understand why we're pretending that's not as obvious as it sounds. They are, I should say. I don't think anybody's buying this. Now, the question is why? I don't want us to jump to conclusions. I'm trying to be very careful today because there's a lot of that happening. And I I still see it stemming back to at least the way this really quickly changed the Twitter files and the rest of it, where people are more than happy to just make a guess at something and then connect some dots to it and then go forward as if that is the case. And then, you know, bending everything against that perspective, perception. And then you come out and you say something and it doesn't add up with what they've patched together with basically no evidence. And if you become the person on the on the defensive or at least the way it's being framed. And I don't find this to be honest. I don't think it's all a grand conspiracy in that regard. I just think people are quick to be manipulated by the way social media works today and a 100% two party politics. Now, we're going to get to the partisan part of this in the beginning. I have a clip that I want to play from, I always want to say, Joy, Joy Bayer. That is just, I mean, exactly as insulting as it appears to be, which is a partisan argument, same with the vaccinations, you know, that you got what you deserved, and whether they say it exactly like that. In this case, it wasn't exactly like that. It's obvious what they mean. And that just shows you a very low level, low, low bar when it comes to, you know, the kind of person you are that you can just hate people all of a sudden or allow them or at least they at least say it's expected that they should that uh, they got what they deserved. If you want to play it that way, that that's somehow OK. And these are the people putting themselves forward as the altruistic ones. And we're also going to go through the dioxin specific part of this and where this seems to play in, the background around it, what they've known about it then, what they pretend they don't know now, and how we can prove whether this is dioxin, whether this is vinyl chloride, that because of this, people are having problems really far away, especially in the area that they're telling them it's safe right now. And I just think this is mind blowing. And I and this should stand back. Or we should all stand back and see how this applies to everything else we're talking about, whether it's foreign policy, medical interventions, all of it. And I also see a really alarming overlap with the medical intervention part of this we'll get into today. Now, I, I try, I'm being broad today when I start, but make sure you stay tuned today. There are numerous things throughout the show today that... made me almost fall out of my chair because just because of how obvious it is when you see it all in one big picture, that not only do they know about this stuff, but they knew that this would happen when they burned it, that the EPA was involved with the decision to burn it, making it the worst disaster we know that, I mean, possibly in U.S. history. They knew about all of this and then covered it up for 10 days. I mean, I'll I'll go off if I get it. So the point is, make sure you stay tuned today because I think this is a very important show on that regard. But I want to start off with something that I think is just almost laugh out loud, ridiculous to come out right now. You may not have seen this. I only saw this maybe a couple hours ago. This is from today. Wall Street Journal. Lab leak, most likely origin of COVID pandemic. U.S. agency now says. Now, you can go through this for yourself. And I mean, look, at this point, Why would this mean anything to anybody when it's like fake news? You're all crazy. Censor everybody for even having the conversation. Then come out and say, well, wait, well, okay, well, lab, maybe. And then everything else is fake news. Then come back around another time and say, no, but it actually seems like it's natural. Then come back around another time and say, wait a minute. No, it actually looks like... At this point, you should have stopped listening. These people are playing you. I'm not necessarily saying Wall Street Journal. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. My opinion would be yes, but the The government is. Mo- I mean, do, are we forgetting what is it, the balloons? Oh yeah, did, did that just stop being a story? You know why? Because we were played. I don't mean that we bought it. We all seem to see right through it. But they, we were people. We, I mean, I talked about it, even even if it was to say, "Look, that's ridiculous." We are. There are games being played more obviously than I've ever seen in my life, and I think it's because you guys can see through it because for whatever reason. Yuga cycles or or social media or independent media, finally, whatever the reason people are seeing through things they never have before. And this coming out now is, in my opinion, again, this is just my opinion because this is just one of those subjective things we shouldn't do unless there's evidence around it. But this seems to suggest to me that there is something larger they don't want us talking about. Seeing as how this is not even a new topic, but it comes out right smack in the middle of when the true story of what the Ohio problem began, when it really starts to develop. In my opinion, that really is centered around dioxins. But that's just my opinion. And I want everyone to look at all of it. There's so much more going on with the chemicals that have been added that, like, I think about that bigger picture of the chemicals as well. That we're not just talking about vinyl chloride and dioxins, which is the byproduct, but there's all sorts of other chemicals that were on this train. And those were burned, some of which, and in conjunction with that, what that may create, we don't know these answers. So think about that. And then they're still telling you, oh, it's safe, come on back. But we, you're not even testing for all the chemicals that were even on the train. I'll get to all of that. So it, it, this could just be the highest level of incompetence we've ever seen, but that seems hard to sell. Seeing as how these people are scientists, and like the EPA and so on, they know these things. Anyway, see, I'm, I'm, this is a really interesting topic for me. Anyway, at this point... The lab leak, most likely origin. It's exactly what you might expect. No, it was not a bioweapon. No, it was not. You know, basically, this is all a mistake. You know, with a kind of small suggestion that, you know, China is the problem, but that's not even the Wall Street Journal and the US government are kind of walking the line that it was all just kind of an accident because, you know, when they point out that this was a problem that also undermines their own bio work, even though they pretend it's not the case. So they kind of walk this line as if it was just one of those things, but definitely a lab in their opinion now. Not the not the the market and all of this. But except the problem is, what about all the countries out there proving now that they found this evidence of whatever we're talking about long before it happened in China? Oh, I guess we just don't care about any of that, right? Because facts and stuff don't matter when we like a narrative. Canada, Taiwan, Japan, France, Spain, all of these places. have. Well, is France one? Let's just take France back just to case them and incorrect. The point is, it's been a while since I focused on that topic. All the rest of them, 100%, have told us before that they have evidence of whatever we're seeing as COVID as is, is early as two thousand nine, or actually eighteen, I believe, is the one in Canada. But 2019 going forward, before it was ever seen there. You don't just disregard that. It must play a factor in this. Either it was beginning there before we saw it in 2020, or it didn't start there, or it's not real. Any of these things are possible. But this being jammed in the conversation now, it really is, it made me laugh out loud. So anyway, to push this aside, I mean, it's worth reading. It's also interesting to point out the energy department is the one that's stepping in this now, because apparently they got the largest body of scientists, whatever they're saying in this article, and just going, no, no, we think it came from the lab. But let's not forget also the things they leave out of the article, such as the fact that the United States and many partners in Europe Work directly with them, not only building the lab using the material from North Carolina University and Eagle Alliance to bring it over to work on what they worked on, but working with NIH, outsourcing the whole work and projects they were doing. But totally, just China, though, guys, because two-party illusion. I hope it sounds as ridiculous and almost insulting as it should have, because it is. It's dumb, and we've got to stop falling for this. In any case, that is out there now today, and guess what else isn't going to be talked about because the partisan players are going to be all over that conversation everything else that's happening here. And by the way, I kicked off a whole bunch about COVID-19 important stuff that I'll get to probably tomorrow or the next day, because I wanted to make sure this was a focus. Now let's start with this, this clip of joy bear. Now, you know, my opinions of, of, of her in particular, just the, the kind of low brow bottom of the barrel kind of person. That's, I mean, that's not my opinion. I mean, it is, but it's based on her actions and what she says about people. Now, she can argue that she feels or does these things because they're bad or white supremacists. for But that's the broad brushing, low intelligence kind of mindset. You don't just do this is the, if we were to say that about any other group that they didn't like us saying it about, that would be called racism. But it's OK to do it to the group they don't like because. Yeah, there is no answer to that because they're dumb. <laughs> that's right. No, I shouldn't say that. But because they want to make it, they want to allow the kind of thing that they're doing, but not what you're doing. It's hypocrisy. So here she is. There's two points to make here. One is that she's insinuating very clearly that they voted for Donald Trump. And that's why that that they, they, that they should expect what happened at the very least. But I'll make it clear that that's not even a valid point, seeing as how Donald Trump and Biden have both been in this position to make different. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll save it for the next clip that's important of Donald Trump supporters owning up to the fact that Trump has responsibility here and pointing out who else also does. But apparently Joe, Joy Bayer can't wrap her mind around that and blames only one side of the paradigm. And she's at the highest level of corporate media. This person says, and by the way, is from The Hill, which is interesting. So I guess, you know, hypothetically on the the left side, whatever that means today, it's meaningless as far as I'm concerned. This woman is vile. I agree with that. And it's not an act. She said, and here's the interesting part to me. He puts in quotes, this journalist who works for The Hill and the Wall Wall Street Journal bestseller author. Knows well that you put things in quotes that has a meaning. It's not just for nothing. Now, yes, people in Twitter are a little bit, you know, and this is the problem with Twitter, especially when you have journalists doing this, just a little more loose about these things. But there's no loose about this. That implies she stated exactly that. And that's already been misrepresented by other outlets. You deserve to have respiratory issues and headaches and your property values to plummet because you voted for Trump. That's what he's insinuating. Here's even an article that already, look, lefty, hate monger joy bear which i so far agree with says residents of east palestine got what they deserved in quotes now that article is far far worse than even his tweet because they are straight up telling you that's what she said and then of course using the tweet and apparently they're not doing their due diligence or not caring because he quoted it and well he works for the hill so then we're gonna then that, you know that's how this works anyway just to make the point you'll find this a lot today People acting like, well, she said that. Now I'm not in no way defending Joy Bear. I just think it's important that we are accurate more so than ever today because this is how we get manipulated. Now she's going to swing around and say, no, they took me out of context. Well, they kind of did. But you also did really say that. And here's what she's, not exactly that, but the sentiment. And here's here's what it is. She says the residents of East Palestine got what they deserve because they voted for Trump. Didn't quote it. And I would actually agree with that framing of it. Here's what she actually said. This is, disgusting to me regulations for a second because it seems to me that the republicans are obsessed with this notion of the free market and they don't like a lot of regulations because it means profit Be- <laughs> don't you love how they frame these things you know these republicans are obsessed with this thing called the constitution like that that's as dumb as what she just said right like the free market is like an extremist right concept like shouldn't we all want a free market like it's just mind-blowing how normal things today from a partisan perspective both right and left are framed as just like you know, like you, like a cartoon. Anyway, keep going. Deregulate, yeah, and get profit. But they, I know part of so, deregulation. For example, the, workers, the, there were which, very few plane crashes. Thank. I also hate how she just talks over everybody all the time. Which you know, I, I'm I'm a, a big talker, and especially on in interviews, like I try to jump, you know, interject where I can. But I very clearly like when people start talking, back away. I mean, it's just it's actually really hard to watch and listen to when people do what you just did and does in a second. Just I wanted to say that because it bothers me. God. And that's because the industry is highly regulated. We have to pay for regulations and safety standards. Otherwise, where are we? We're all going to go up in flames. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a really childlike perception of what we're talking about. Right. Because regulation can be a good thing. But when it's out of control, we'll know it's not. But you see, they don't look at it from that perspective regulation good no matter what because that's my side now yes i'm downplaying i mean but that's about as i mean really are we not gonna pretend that there's not examples of how regulation has gotten out of control even they would make that argument if it was from a different conversation but in this case regulation good no matter what because trump moved it back that's how they're framing this that is this is the childlike framing of the two-party paradigm and yes it happens on both sides It's really just, it's frustrating to watch. But I will point out something somebody said in the chat of the Twitter conversation. It's like, why does anybody anywhere take the people on daytime TV talk hosts or talk show hosts at like face value or care about what they have to say? Now, the truth is that's a fair statement, but the reality is a lot of people do. It's the same kind of game where they go, I'm just a comedian. I'm not really in this. But yeah, but even though that's true for a lot of cases, like going back to Jon Stewart, who's the first guy that kind of tried to play that game, as, as I remember, And yet we all know, looking back even now, with all the people doing the same thing now, they're in the height of the political conversation. So you can't kind of play that dual game, but they all try to do that. Norfolk Southern gives as much to Democrats as Republicans. It's a very powerful lobby that is trying to block regulation. And this train, to Sarah's point, two miles long with two full-time employees and a trainee on it. Now, that's a fair point to make right there. Like, at least she makes it clear on the back of Joy's blunt kind of clumsy point to say, well, look, they do- They they donate to both sides of the paradigm. That doesn't sit well with people trying to frame it as a one-sided issue, right? The point is Norfolk Southern doesn't care about your politics. They care about manipulating the game so they can make maximized profit while not caring about safety. We just saw that play out. Now, that's the truth no matter what political side you're on. And that's the truth whether or not there's a bigger story around all of this. I was just talking about this in general, about the idea that it's, uh, the way this is working today is so frustrating. We're at a point now where I, I truly believe there's more to this story. However, the story alone is enough. Like, this, if this was just a basic again, run-of-the-mill conspiracy cover-up by the government or Norfolk Southern and the government to hide just basic profit and, and profiteering and covering up of safety problems, which they've done throughout their entire history, shouldn't that be a big enough story? The problem is that people on one side are downplaying the risks at all. People on the other side are acting like that's not a story and the big story is the connection to this or the connection to that or how this is happening all over the world and yeah those are fair points to ask meanwhile everybody in the paradigm seems to be ignoring that this is just happening and is enough in and of itself uh, before we even see more isn't that interesting and that happens in all these conversations today that is the two-party paradigm doing what it's supposed to do obfuscating always as we say in the as we always right and this isn't always the case but it's a good thing to go by occam's razor All things considered equal, the simplest explanation tends to be the right one. Not always the case, but something to consider because right now there's a lot going on around this and it's almost like we're missing the forest for the trees when we see how dangerous this really is just because of the things they did, not the bigger connections, even though we should be asking those questions. Anyway, back to her point. Yes, they they donate to both sides because it really matters who's in in control and then they push them harder. Right. And so her point is that that should be something we consider. And then they had a train that's two miles long with two people. And we'll get into more of that in a minute. That applies to both sides of the paradigm. Yes, this is a regulation thing as well, but it could also be because they want to justify the reimagining of it. We got to ask these questions. And, and they, they didn't even wipe need out to the entire because, because yeah. the last administration rolled it down to only one to having worker. One. They happened to have but, two. Right. OK, so the last administration. OK, so then what's happened the last two, two and a half years? Oh, nothing. OK, got it.
2: One thing and I just want to say is I
1: do think this was an unforced error by President Biden. It was 20 days before we had Secretary Buttigieg go down, 10 days before he put out a statement. And- I get right there. This is even on the view Maybe accidentally they have the wherewithal to realize what the F was happening for 10 days or 20. What was going on? How is it possible that all this can be happening and we don't even have Tucker Carlson or anybody in the corporate media even talking about it until it seems the the independent media started to push on it. And then that same day they jumped to and got a coverage of it. 10 days. This was clearly happening. I just think that's interesting acknowledging it. Yeah, this is Trump country. He won by 40 points. It, it, he won. He is a president for all Americans. I believe that. But he needs to show so that they,
3: he is. This, it was time
1: for him to people be. I don't know why they would ever vote for him. Because of- I, so, just so it's clear, you can't really hear. Her. I don't know why they would ever vote for him. She says jumping over people in the middle of a conversation, but keeps going. Administration. Somebody who, who, by the way, he plays some. <laughs> I just can't stand that. But anyway, but, uh, but my point, And then she goes on to say, you know, basically that I can't believe they voted for him. Anybody that voted for him with deep ties to the chemical industry in charge of the EPA's chemical safety office. That's who you voted for in that district. You. You, Ohio, that's who you voted for. That's I mean, how else do you take that? Now, the point here is that she makes this very, very selective point about how only Trump, apparently only ever in history, appointed somebody with compromising situations in the EPA. Apparently, we all know that's the only time that's ever happened. Right. Never even happened before any Democrat. Come on. I mean, really, this she's not stupid enough to think that makes sense. She knows what she's doing is selectively picking one of these examples, which is a fair point to make. Yes, he did do that. Yet, yeah, but so too did he, do, with every other position it would seem, and so did Obama before him, you know, Citibank's appointment administration, as well as everybody under Biden. They do this all the time. I shouldn't say everybody. I'm being broad and facetious. But the reality is, guys, you point to somebody in the government right now, I could probably show you the things that I would say make them compromise because that's how this works today. But the EPA, really? The FDA? The CDC? We can see how every one of these people have connections to pharmaceutical companies, to oil companies. These people are compromised. But apparently only Trump is the one responsible, according to this rabid person that hates Trump. Donald Trump, who reduces all safety, he yeah, did. They those days. Reduces all safety. <laughs> who listens to these people? So he reduced all safety everywhere. There's no more stop signs. There's no more. You know, yes. And I'm being over. The point is, you can't say all safety unless you mean all safety. You're 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 pretending to be a journalist, at the very least. Anyway, so the point is here, guys, that they're claiming that Ohio, Ohioans, I, I remember correctly, are are essentially or she is are at fault because they voted for the guy that did one thing that, that 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 was then held up for the rest of the current Biden administration. But they're not culpable, right? They made these points then, but somehow they didn't. They're not on the hook for possibly change. what? Look at all the things they've done. Oh, but I guess It's right. It was the pandemic. They didn't have else to do. No, they did a lot of other stuff. Well, here is a counterbalance. Here's a Nina Turner pointing out these people in Ohio. Clearly Trump supporters, Trump hat and so on. And I say that because, watch, you'll see for yourself. Look at the difference here. Now, I'm not saying that we can prove that these people represent every Trump supporter everywhere. And I mean that in a good way in the sense these people are balanced and and ob- objective. Like, just watch for yourself. But I do know that this is a a the cartoonish version that a lot of the people in Congress are representing right now of what Republicans are supposed to be, and a lot of the cartoonish versions of the partisan hacks out there pretending they represent all Republicans, are a cartoon. It is a ridiculous overrepresentation of the people they want you to see as Republican. And the same thing happens on the left. But when you actually talk to people, you find out it's a lot different than what they want you to think it is. Now compare what they're saying and the way they're acting to the way that Joy Bayer acts, or any of these rabid anti-Republican people today. It's, it's embarrassing blame a left side or a right side or this and back and forth we're, we're not tired of it. it's about. not yeah, about it's about our town now and people not being able to drink the water about kids having rashes it's about this thing that's that's what this is about about kids having rashes right this is right now guys that that's the point is that's really still happening remember that as we go forward but the point is i keep showing you guys the two-party illusion is being used against us and these people whether support trump or biden or whatever else are like look we're done with that and this is where we all need to be does it matter truly that it was the left or the right? You may want it to be because it's become part of your identity or because you have fun with team sport politics or because you like drama. But at the end of the day, the real way we should be going forward is the government's responsible. How many times I've said this? We don't care. Oh, oh, is it is it Nancy's? fault? Don't care. Is it, is it Lindsey Graham's fault? Don't care. It's your fault. All of you. You guys won't make this happen. And so we should hold them accountable as the government. Now, that's, I'm not even going to get into the nuances because it's complicated. No solution in this case is going to be easy. But at the end of the day, allowing them to pit us against each other is the only reason these things continue. Norfolk
3: Southern. Uh, what do they really owe this community? They owe this community a lot. They owe us property values. They owe us our health. They owe us five, ten years from now when things are going on. There's company some, that's owned yes. by J.P. Morgan, Vanguard, and BlackRock. Vanguard, Let's BlackRock not, Rock, Alan yeah, Shaw's a pawn. Cool. So, so, He's a pawn. He makes eight million dollars a year. Eight million dollars a year. He lives in an 8,000 foot square mansion. He doesn't care about the people.
1: Now that's going to be framed as conspiracy theory, right? I guarantee it. Oh, BlackRock, Vanguard. And the, and the, what they've been doing is like, oh, in like hushed tones like anti-Semitic However, you stretch that out. I mean, how stupid that's just that's desperation is what that is. The point is that what we're pointing out is that these two companies seem to own everything. And I'm, that's barely an exaggeration. And the reality behind that is concerning because these are elected entities. And this is the same as the World Economic Forum. Like we're just passing off control while pretending like we're dictating these things as individuals. So the point is that matters. And that's not a partisan point. This is the reality behind who's actually, you know, these companies do have influence over what happens. And if they feel they're above the government, well, we're watching how that plays out. Just something to think about.
3: they're gonna make their money, man. The trains are gonna roll no matter what. Whether we're here or not, we're just ants to them. Industrial accidents can be prevented. Every industrial accident that's ever happened in the country can be prevented, preventative maintenance. Trump in 2018, there was, I I get the policies. The policies weren't great. That's fine, And, and you know what? If Trump has to take a little bit of the blame, I'm good with that. But you know what? This administration has had the House, the Senate, The presidency for the last two years, they changed a lot of policies. Day one, they they imposed. They they imposed a contract and stopped the rail workers from
1: striking. I mean, tell me a little bit. Yeah, and you know, the strike is important. I'll get to that in a minute too. Right, The, the strike is something that, and but I want I want to make sure we understand this came from both sides of this. That's my point about the government. And so even they say these average people are able to wrap their mind around that over someone like Joy Bayer and all the rest of them who just can't. Like, have you heard them make that kind of overlap where they say, well, Biden is responsible? Almost never. The point the point is that, yes, there was actions taken to the Trump's administration. And you could add to that that there were people around him giving him bad info, which I think was the whole point. Or he was part of it, however you want to look at it. But at the end of the day, he does have culpability to what happened then. But are we going to pretend that the two years plus they've had control over everything? They're not somehow at fault. They, so they knew this was the case. They knew he rolled that back. But apparently they didn't care. Because the real point behind it all is they're all involved with maximizing that profit. Which is why Biden's administration is working with Norfolk Southern to stop you from being able to sue them. Or, you know, that's a broad way to say that. But that's the way. That's the basic reality of it. The, the, the current uh, Supreme Court ruling that's about to come through depending on which way it goes, could stop that from happening. And Biden seems to be, the administration seems to be in support of that. And Norfolk Southern's working with them. By their, The administration even put out a statement basically in alignment with that. Why would that make sense if they're the ones, if it's Trump that did it all, and we're trying to fight for safety? That's not the reality. They use you against each other. We have to start seeing that. Do you feel like the rail workers should have struck?
3: Absolutely, they should have, because of what has happened. If if
1: Donald Trump is in power right now, what kind of things
3: would you expect him to do to make a situation like
1: this? Well, it's not about what I would expect Donald Trump to do. It's about what I would expect the leader of our country to do. Look at that response, guys. I mean, see, the guy in this interview, my opinion, he clearly is a partisan outlet, I would guess. I don't know what it is. And he's clearly... You know, he's trying to get them like you would argue from the perception of maybe a Democrat in the corporate side of things that his answer would be, oh, of course, because if Trump was in power, he would have been there immediately and he would have done all of these things. And that's what they wanted from him. That's my opinion. My point I'm trying to show you guys is the average person they want you to think is the the left Democrat or the right conspirator, whatever. That's not the reality. Yes, they do exist. But as soon as we can see that we're all more in line and together and have more in common than we realize, until we realize that, this, we will always be pitted against each other. And if Donald Trump was here to do something, if he was the president, I would expect him to do the same thing that Biden would do. Right. And that would be to come in here and fix up what needs to be fixed up. We're, we're not wealthy. We're not the top
3: 1%. But right we just want we're not after for money we're after for
1: fixing so we can stay where we've lived forever
3: yeah
1: very interesting i hope joy bayer gets wind of that overlap and just feels really really stupid because that's that's just disgusting They're, they're the people in some ways leading minds out there and they want you to think those people you just saw are white supremacy racist just inherently because they're white or because they're born in ohio i mean that is racism I think it's just wild how this is flipped around. Well, here's that clip I played in the beginning. Let's watch the whole thing. Remember what he's saying. We were there within two hours of the derailment. How do you even make sense of that with what they've already been saying? So, as I said, that's exactly my point, which means they all collectively, the administration, the EPA, both local and federal, Norfolk Southern, made the conscious measure decision to do the one thing which I'm going to prove today that they knew would lead to making the biggest environmental disaster possible in U.S. history. Then kept it under wraps for 10 days. But now apparently it's all an accident. That just doesn't add up, guys. Now, as always, could there be some part that we're not seeing that would make it make sense? Sure. That's always something we should ask. As it stands now and as it stands with them seemingly willingly trying to withhold information, what else do we have left to do but look at this and go, "Okay, you're lying then. Pretty crazy. Now, as uh, I don't even know how you'd pronounce that. AIR3LX <laughs> says the EPA was, but establishment news networks weren't. Yes, great point. Not a word about, a word for about, was it, what was it about, 10 days or so. Makes you wonder, does the media actually serve the interest of the people? Obviously not. But I will point out again that, yes, we had ex- articles, for example. I think it was CNN on the 4th. I saw NPR put something out on the 6th. Real small, kind of dismissive, you know, but it was there. But my point was, was that on the nightly news? Was that on the homepage of the website? No, it wasn't. And I've already gone back and shown this. So that means it was Lipser. Oh, well, yeah, we covered it, but nobody could have seen it unless we pointed to it. So then they could point back and go, "Oh no, we were covering it. My point is, as he's saying here, where were they on the ground? Nobody. So there. So you're telling me the EPA and the Biden administration was aware and there within two hours? That means it's very serious and it, nobody was made aware of that. I don't buy it for a second. It just doesn't add up, guys. So let's watch what he's just so you can hear the whole thing. Here's what he says.
3: I want to ask you about a couple of issues here at home. It's been three weeks now since the toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, as you know. The mayor says he saw you in Ukraine and he says it tells you he doesn't care about us. They're asking, is the president coming to Ohio? Do you have any plan to
1: travel to Ohio? And have you talked with the mayor yet? Now, I do want to say one thing. It's important to note that I don't even understand this game that's always played. It's all it's actually I do. It's all politics. Why is it necessary for him to go to Ohio or Trump? Politics. That's it. Are we going to pretend that he can only execute like a play, you know, The point is, it's not really necessary. It's the same thing as saying, how dare you know, like an accident happens. And remember, they went after Trump because he didn't stand up and publicly say it was bad. I mean, we live in kindergarten. I mean, that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But it's all because you just want to get a moment. And so my case here is not to say that it's okay. Biden's administration has very clearly been slow rolling, downplaying and has a hand in allowing this to happen, just like Trump's administration. But why do we think it's necessary to play this tit-for-tat thing? So Biden's going to stumble around the area and pretend like that makes a difference? I, all think we think, I think we all know that doesn't make sense, so why do we care about him being there? So we can say he wasn't there. You see, it's just a dumb gotcha moment. And But that all aside, as long as we can acknowledge it for what it is, what he says with this answer is everything.
0: Let's put this in perspective. Within two hours of that derailment, the EPA was in there. Within two hours... Every major agency in the United States government that had anything to do with rail and/or cleanup was there and is there. In addition to that, I've spoken at length to Gosh. the Congresspersons, the governors, the senators from both states of Pennsylvania and and in uh, Ohio, and I've made it clear to them anything they need is available; or we'll make it available
1: to them. Well, that's not true. I mean, that's very not true. But the point that Biden often says things that, that don't end up being the reality, just like Trump, for that matter. But the point is. One, by the way, I think we can notice that he seems to be struggling right there, but he barely remembers the name Ohio, because, of course, he's paying attention. But two hours. Now, of course, we could argue that he's also wrong about that. <laughs> he could be lying, making it up or just stumbling through his memories. But either way, I do think this is the reality, and I think this is the case we can prove with other discussions as well. How either way, Biden, the president of the United States, just said that adamantly. Two hours we were there. So keep that in mind as we go forward, because that, guys, is important to this conversation. <clears throat> now, here is an important article put out on the 26th today, or rather updated today put out yesterday, like every other news article in the world in corporate media land. This is important because of the process. Now we're going to start here and kind of in a way work backward, but we're looking at what's happening as of today. And we've been talking about thus far. And by the way, make sure you check out our previous work on this here. I'll grab this real quick. We can be caught up to where we are right now. I'll also include this, the sub stack I'll point out at the end about the dioxin specifically, but, It's important to catch up on the work we've already done because this is, I think, pretty damn obvious. I'll include those as well. The first one's behind it, but you guys can search for it. It's in there. So after all they've done and after everything that's happening and bringing everybody back, now we hear, oh, well, there's extra chemicals there that we haven't told anybody until now. And then, oh, and then we're moving. It's safe, but we're going to move Hundreds of thousands of gallons of liquid and all this cubic yards of solid waste and everything else. Okay. So you may think that's a good thing, but let's read through this and see why this is concerning. First of all, EPA, after they've stepped in, remember, and this is going to be clear in this article, it took them until a couple of days ago, I think the 21st, a few so four, five, four days ago, five days ago, to step in and say, okay, now we're going to take control. Okay, now you have to pay for this. Okay, but you didn't do that until then. so why'd you wait two weeks and you're gonna see why? What's already been happening during that time frame is Norfolk Southern has been operating with basically impunity and been shipping stuff around and the EPA says they're taking control, but guess what? you got now cleanup being paused, you got trucks coming back after being shipped across other states with the same dangerous material. Why? Well because they were sent to places they weren't allowed to stop or they were already full up or now we got other states going, look there's not even the right permits for this stuff. Oh, but don't worry, guys. The EPA is under control. This is mind blowing. This we're just getting started. Here's what it says: Federal, <clears throat> excuse me, federal environmental authorities have now ordered a temporary halt in the shipment of contaminated waste. <laughs> Why that even makes sense at any point is crazy to me. Just going to let it. Just now we're the whole point was we're going to get it out of here so you can be safe. But now we're going to stall it and wait. It says Region Five uh, Administrator Deborah Shore of the Environmental of the EPA said Saturday the agency ordered Norfolk Southern to pause shipments of the site uh, uh, from the site on February third of the 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 Ohio disaster, but vowed that removal of the material would resume, quote, very soon. Whatever that means means whatever it could be a year, and that would be soon to them at this point until Friday shore said the rail company and this is important had been solely responsible for the disposal of the waste and supplied ohio environmental officials with a list of selected and utilized disposal sites okay so up until friday so a few days ago the rail norfolk southern the responsible party had been the only person involved with the disposal and shipment of Of this, and then was the one deciding where these sites were, where it was going to go, and sent them the list. And okay, so who's calling the shots here? And realize up and then right after that is when the EPA finally stepped in and said, okay, we're taking control. I asked this before why in the world was that not the immediate thing? If EPA, as Biden just told us, was there within two hours, as I'm going to get to more in a minute, that means they made that conscious choice to do the burning, which they knew somebody knew was the worst possible thing they ever could have done. And I'm going to make that even more clear as we go through as well. But then they just, I guess, let Norfolk Southern do what they wanted. Is that what the Environmental Protection Agency is there for? Obviously not. Well, actually, the reality is yes, but not what we're sold, not what they're told is supposed to be happening. So understand that until Friday, Norfolk Southern was the only one doing this. Or in charge, essentially. Now, this is going forward. Disposal plans including locations and transportation routes for contaminated waste, will be subject to EPA review and approval. Oh, great. So good thing we had almost two, almost, what, almost three weeks of unsupervised company (laughs) cover-up? Fantastic. I mean, I'm saying that my own opinion, but isn't that the whole point, that historically these companies will do anything they can to hide the problem? Yes. I mean, that is like 100%. This happens almost every single time. And so here we go again, and the EPA just plugs their ears and backs away and comes back three weeks later and goes, oh, now we're going to start checking. Now we're going to review. Is that not suspicious to anybody? Quote, the EPA will ensure now, not that, now they will ensure that all waste is disposed of in a safe and lawful manner. Like the statement being put out on the 25th doesn't mean anything. So why would you not want it to be safe and lawful from the beginning? Was the assumption that Norfolk Southern was going to do that? That's stupid. Or did they not care? Come on, guys. I mean, that is as obvious as it gets. That's, in my opinion, I mean, at the very least, people should lose their jobs. But that's, I guarantee you, is not going to happen. These days, they just go, limited information. We did what we thought we should. Got it. Okay. Nobody even cares. The government covers for the government. It says, she says, oh, well, the point was they, they, now they'll step in to make sure it's safe in a safe manner and that they'll use, this is important as well. EPA-certified facilities, because they weren't doing that, to prevent further release of hazardous substances impacts the communities. Well, here's one point I want to make before I forget. You'll you'll, you'll notice one thing that they do not even mention in this article. Dioxins. Isn't that strange? I'm going to make this even more clear today. It should already be clear. They all All know about this, every single one of them, because this was a huge topic in the past around Agent Orange in particular and is still today. They all know about this. And that's why the experts have been saying that even in their their articles. And yet they don't talk. They don't leave it alone. Why? Without a doubt, this is at the very least, potentially the worst part of this whole thing. I only say potentially because of some of the people or we'll get to some of the people have different opinions, but it 100% what they burned does cause dioxins, period. And even that small amount should have been a huge deal. And it is. But yet, they're not talking about it. Where was I here? Oh, and then my point was, okay, so that where I got off track. The point is that dioxins aren't in the conversation. So what we're going to go through today to make even more clear is that dioxins are supposed to be dealt with in a very specific way. So you tell me, if we're, I'm about to prove in a clip next, thank you from Deb on Twitter that they aren't testing as of right now for dioxins, then how exactly are we supposed to assume that what they're doing with what they're shipping now has anything to do with dioxins? I mean, I think the obvious point is that it doesn't. They haven't even tested to find out if it's there. So when they're shipping now, they're shipping for something else. So that means it is guaranteed to not deal with the dioxin problem. Maybe that's why they just pause what they're doing. You tell me. Going forward, It says, uh, going forward, disposal be safe and blah, blah, blah. Now it says she said officials had heard concerns from residents and others in a number of states and were reviewing, quote, the transport of some of this waste over long distances and finding the appropriate permitted and certified sites to take the waste. So there's a problem here. There are people speaking up going, this isn't being done properly. So I don't know if that means that it's not being transported safely and there's stuff flying out of the back of the trucks or if it's going to a place where it's not even capable to deal with what they think is there, let not even talking about dioxins, the, the appropriate permitted and certified sites, that's because that's not happening. The Ohio Governor's office, at least in some of these cases, which is why they just stepped in. The Ohio's governor's offices and said Saturday night that of the 20 truckloads, approximately 280 tons. because no problem here guys, of hazardous solid waste hauled away. That means it left most of these cases cross street lines, having potential of their own right to cause new problems, new disasters, new chemical problems, right? 15 truckloads of contaminated soil was disposed of at a Michigan hazardous waste treatment and, disposable, and disposal facility, which again, is it set up to deal with dioxins? Most places aren't. If they're not even asking, I can promise you it's not. Well, I shouldn't say that. Most likely it's not. While five truckloads had been returned Five truckloads. Do the math. So 280 tons, 15. So a third of the truckload, third of 280 tons, went back. Back into Ohio after crossing state lines and went all the way back. Because they're planning ahead, right? Because they're being safe about this. Think about the unnecessary risk there because of their incompetence or malfeasance. Meaning intentionally, like, you know, dishonestly doing these things for other reasons, even if that's just profit. Liquid waste already trucked out of East Palestine would be disposed of at a licensed hazardous waste treatment and disposal facility in Texas, multiple states. But that facility would not accept more liquid waste, the Ohio governor's office said. Now, this is not the case of the permits, but the case of going there before finding out whether they could even accept more. Are we actually pretending that there's other places shipping this right now? This is is coming from Ohio. All they had to do was go, hey, facility, are you guys over? Apparently didn't do that. So they ship it all the way across state lines and ship it all the way back because they didn't do what they were supposed to. Does this make you feel good about what they're doing, cleaning up, safety, caring about you? Currently, quote, about 102,000 gallons of liquid waste and 4,500 4, cubic yards of solid waste remain in storage on site in East Palestine. Weren't those the exact numbers they gave us that they just said we were shipping out? Isn't that funny? not including the five truckloads returned to the village. It's weird they use the word village. Maybe that's a common thing in Ohio. But my point, though, is that what they're saying is, so you got five truckloads, that's a third of 280 tons, that were shipped back, but they have on top of that 102 gallons of liquid waste and 4,500 yards of solid waste that are in a storage site just sitting in East Palestine. It says additional solid and liquid waste are being generated as the cleanup progresses. But it's totally safe. I'm just I'm only saying that because we have to realize how kind of contradictory that really is. And I'm not, just, I'm not even getting into the water municipality part. I'm just talking about existing in these areas, being outside, touching the ground. I mean, these we'll get into why this is concerning because of regardless of what the corporate media and even some of these other experts are saying in my opinion, the his, the body of work around the accidents before this and what you can show that they knew suggest across the board that this is going to last for possibly decades. And that it very clearly can be a like a sediment risk that can fall and settle in areas. And I'll get into the right next, the concerning level of what is actually toxic for us. Very, very, very small amount. Now it says fears grew about a potential explosion. I want to reiterate, as we just talked about before, thank you to Orwell for pointing this out. I think it's this one here, that in their own sheet, now I'll include this at the end, by the way, if you want to go through, this has everything that's on there. You can look at every tank and the different comments they have. The, one, the main point to make here, is that only one of these cars that had vinyl chloride, only one of them was breached. Only one. Five of them. And yet they they then proceeded to vent and dump the other four and the fifth one. All of them. On the ground with no cover, and then set them alight with a a flare. Essentially guaranteeing the worst possible outcome. I mean, there, there are numerous experts even in the corporate media saying the same thing not that that makes it true but just realize that that is not some half-cocked theory now back to this point so they they fears of an explosion which again many people i have talked to and read they are saying that well had it exploded it would have burned off far more because that's the whole point the reason we're i'll show you this expert again in a second the reason we're seeing the dark cloud when it burns because that's a lot of carbon it didn't burn properly that's my point about the flare and the pool and the way they seem to make it the worst pot and they knew this stuff so the fear of explosions you could have i argue can and also remember the timing there were there was at least a day in this it wasn't like they had a 30 second flash decision to decide what to do they thought about this they then chose consciously to dump this without putting anything on the ground that's the first point how is that even possible Then they dumped it along this big ditch. They lit it on fire in the worst possible way. And so the fear of explosion, which probably would have been the best possible thing in the case of this bad situation, was then turned into an even worse situation. They opted to release and burn the vinyl chloride, along with whatever else was in there that we're not talking about, or, you know, discussions or even testing for, which I'll show you in again in a minute. Shore said the EPA was not involved in the decision to do the controlled burn. Now, how do you explain that? Okay, so the EPA... Where's the full name again? Shore. There. Oh, hold on. Where was it? Let's get the full name. Deborah Shore of the EPA. Okay. So the EPA on the record is saying we had no, we had didn't have any say or weren't involved with the, the choice to burn it like this. Okay. So how do you explain that then? How does that make sense? with Biden saying this.
0: Let's put this in perspective. Within
1: two hours of that derailment, the EPA was in there. Oh, well, look at that, guys. The EPA was there. Biden just told you within two hours, the EPA was on the ground. Okay, so only two things are possible here. Either the EPA was there and then somehow let Norfolk Southern make all the decisions, even though he knew that was a bad choice because they did. I'm going to prove it to you with their own documentation. They knew this was the worst possible thing they could have done. Where were we? Okay. So what they're saying is the EPA, alternatively, contradicting Biden, apparently, or at least pointing out that they were there and didn't do anything, was not involved in the decision for the, it wasn't controlled. It was a a burn. Controlled burn is what we'll show you again in this clip is something very different. According to the experts, this was a dump on the ground, lighting on fire. That's the opposite of controlled. So why would they say that? Either they're lying about that or they weren't involved, which exposes that they're not in charge. It says, but she called it a well-founded decision. I'm sure they are now by local and state officials based on the information that they had at the time. Ah, oh, there we are. We did what we thought was right with limited information. Just tattoo that on their foreheads. Now, tell that next time to a cop when you do something wrong. Ignorance is no excuse for the law, they tell you, but, only, but apparently only applies to the peons, right? This is... I I mean, I think that's a lie. Federal and state officials have repeatedly said it's safe for evacuated residents to return to the area. Air testing, hundreds of homes hadn't had detected problems. And we're going to show you why that I think is very suspect of what, as of today, people having rashes and headaches in this area within a couple miles of the area. Then that beyond doubt shows you there's a problem happening here. And I'm going to come back to the point to where we have a veterinarian proving Vinyl chloride poisoning, miles away from this. See, all this connected, guys, there's no, you can't dismiss this unless one of these people are just wholesale lying, which is always possible. On Friday, President Joe Biden directed federal agencies to go door to door in East Palestine, Ohio, to check on families affected. Now, here's two things happening. One, an overzealous and almost in embrace action to try to pretend like we've always been there and say we care. We're going to kick your door down and make sure you know that we care. Right, that seems almost punitive to me. Oh so you can uh, 3 weeks later you're going to come make us answer what you no that's that's abrasive. If people if you you could simply just be present and say if you've got problems we're here in the middle of the town town square. No they're going to force you to engage with them to kind of be like yeah you had now you have to know you want us here well now we're in here in your face. Now maybe that's just me putting my lens over it but that going door to door like what do you think that accomplishes that seems in- that's that's intimidating. And here's why I think this is concerning considering the overlap with COVID-19 and the abrasive medical control we're talking about, right? Under Biden's order, guess who's going to be doing this? The CDC and the EPA and the emergency management and and FEMA, like all the ones that we're, you know, trusting, right? Workers will ask how res- residents are doing, see that they need, see that they what they need and connect them with appropriate resources from the government. Okay that point, I'm like, okay, what does that mean? What, what are they getting? To, you know, okay, maybe, I mean, what? I mean, they're not even telling it. What, what could they give them? Are you giving them masks? Well, that doesn't seem to make sense. It doesn't. Why are you giving them, I mean, any number of things? No, they're just kind of jet broadly going, we're just here to help. And then you go, well, I need this. Well, like, oh, we can't do that. This seems like a hollow effort. But here's the part that I really stood out to me. The walk teams, as they're calling them, are modeled on similar teams that followed hurricanes and other natural disasters. And do you remember what they pushed during natural disasters? Vaccination. Anybody out there in Ohio who is being confronted by a Biden administration entity and saying, "Hey, hey did you get your vaccine?" Because you know the, the the Ohio disaster, which makes just as much sense as getting your vaccine for a hurricane. Reach out to me. I'm. I bet how much you want to bet that's already happening. How much you want to bet just like the "do not harm" accidental document that they you know were saying, Oh, it was, it was a mistake. We didn't. We didn't mean to give them the indemnity document. How much you want to bet you're getting stuff like that also that says that you. You know, I, I don't want to jump the gun, but my, if you have something out there, if you see this happening, reach out to somebody in our orbit. Reach out to me. Let me know you're seeing this because hurricanes are already pushed vaccines. I how much you want to bet that's happening, too. And that's probably why they're pushing CDC. and ever. it just doesn't really add up. We it says we were there two hours after the train went down. There's Biden, according to uh, Daily Mail, according to what we just heard him say on the video. It says a timeline. Here's Trump showing up in Ohio. A timeline given by the White House Friday said the DOT provided us the group, that entity doing the door-to-door stuff, provided initial incident. Oh, wait, no, hold on. DOT was misremembering that? Make sure I didn't say that correctly or incorrectly. It was, it is the national, oh, no, hold on. Where am I missing this from? I mean, okay, or is it just completely not explained? See, you know what I notice with this? Sometimes what they'll do is they'll update these things every 20 seconds, and they end up actually removing things that make other things make sense in an effort to kind of control narratives. I don't know if that's what's happening, but I mean, look, their DOT is not in parentheses with the name around it somewhere, unless I'm missing that. I'm looking for it right now. In any case, the point is it's an entity. Let me just do this real quick. Ohio Department of Transportation. No, that's that DOT just to see. Department of Transportation? I'm guessing that's what it is. Tell me if I'm wrong in the chat. Anyway, okay. Back to the point. So, the Department of Transportation, that does make sense, provided initial incident notifications, this is really important, to members of the Ohio Congressional delegation and relevant committees on Saturday, February 4th less than a day after the derailment so now we've got proof that epa was there two hours later and i argue that is clearly federal if biden's administration was there that's along with the epa locally we know that norfolk southern was clearly where we know that congressional members were aware and then nothing's being talked about until the 11th 12th, 13th come on how else do you see that that says and then it goes that same day so on the 4th the epa deployed real-time air monitoring instruments in 12 locations surrounding the area, but then didn't tell anybody, right? Think about that. So they put these things out there, in, at least in, clearly suggesting that they don't they don't know. It may be dangerous, maybe it's just a precaution, right? But then not really informing anybody about the current risk. People were still there. The evacuation hadn't happened yet. And then they burned this stuff and then still tell people it's okay. My point is they're still doing tests now. And I think what we're gonna prove today is that this is clearly a risk. But my point here is that they've been monitoring, checking this since the 4th, but nobody's even been told about this until a week later in a general sense. Meanwhile, the controversy spread far beyond the the Ohio town officials in Texas and Michigan. So a Republican state and a Democrat state expressed concerns about the contaminated wastewater. This is not a partisan game. They want you to think that just like with the COVID-19 illusion. The wastewater, so they, they they complained about this. The wastewater and the soil being transported to their states for disposal. So they're, they're not even they're not even working with the the governors of the states. They're just moving stuff over there. There's a problem happening here, and something's very fishy about all of this. And even Gretchen Gretchen from Michigan is not okay with that. Think about that. Now it says, quote, despite the U.S. Department of Transportation's responsibility to ensure safe and reliable transport in the United States, you ignored the catastrophe for over a week. I believe that's uh, Rand Paul speaking to Buttigieg, Buttigieg. and that's true. As much as, how they try, as much as they want to play this out to some other scenario, he clearly did not engage with this. Now, even, I'm not even talking about going there. Again, my point before, I don't really care about that. They didn't really engage with the process. He wasn't being open about this. He wasn't talking about it. Why? My point about the DOT part, it does say it right there, and then it references DOT right there. But usually, as you know, there's parentheses and it says that. So that's the only reason I was looking for that. But that's the closest part right there. Now, here it says, again, residents in East Palestine have reported going to the hospital over rashes following the spill. That's happening right now. Now, it says Buttigieg told reporters that if the former president and current Republican presidential candidate felt strongly about increased rail safety efforts, one thing he could do is express support for reversing the the deregulation that happened on his watch. Oh, you mean the thing you guys have allowed to continue to be dangerous for two years? Oh, but it's all Trump, though, right? I mean, just think about how ignorant that is. Yes, as even Trump supporters can point out, he has a hand in that. The fact that they only can kick it off to Trump is like, it, it is childish. Even those supporters in, on either side, the people, the real people of the country, can see through this. This is how transparency's begun. They've gotten to. Only Trump's fault, though. I don't even think that's working with their own voters. A preliminary report released Thursday by the National Transportation Safety Board stated that the crew operating the Norfolk Southern freight train didn't get much warning. I'm going to prove you that's wrong in a second. Before dozens of cars went off the track. Now, of course, they play it fast and loose with didn't get much warning. What does that mean? An hour? 30 seconds? Well, I guess we'll have to assume that's how they play that. But it's saying, and there is no indication that crew members did anything wrong. Now, I actually agree with that. But let's go forward. So first of all, we're just going to keep the dangerous stuff there. We're already playing it fast and loose with how it's happening, where it goes, if it's even correctly being done. We're not even talking about dioxins. And then, of course, we find out the EPA only just now stepped into it. So God only knows what happened in the first weeks. But then, again, thinking back to the part we started on with this, guys. That's weird. Out of focus. Fantastic. The, 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 we started with this, remember? My first question, before we even knew anything that was going on, what else was happening there? Just, I'm not saying we have any evidence of this. And because of that, we shouldn't be jumping to next conclusions. But just ask the question, How? what would it mean to block this for 10 days? Now, yes, the, you had know, the intermittent little pieces of it in different quiet parts of the platforms for corporate media. But Tucker Carlson didn't cover it, I think, until the 13th or the 12th, or the same day that we did, essentially. I, I didn't see it until I, I got wind of just Helena Destroy's tweet. And I wasn't able to get to for two more days. That was on the 11th. So it's being tweeted about with these mushroom clouds, and none of the corporate media did. The EPA was there; they knew about it. The court, cor- you tell me, the corporate media didn't know anything. So ten days go by. So my question is, what was happening? That just doesn't even add up, even with the even with the narrative they're spinning. So I argue, ask the question: What else was on the train? What happened during that time frame to justify keeping this quiet? To justify doing what has clearly been the most dangerous choice in? environmental history, it seems, in this country that's now the only focal point. Even though they're almost kind of downplaying dioxins, which seems to be, again, taking the center stage. What happened in those 10 days? What else was there? What was going on? I'm not saying I know that there is something there, but my gut's telling me something happened, and that's why this is so obviously being manipulated, the timing of it all. And don't forget, as Kanoa pointed out, that the firm involves with the cleanup itself, not just the way that Norfolk's handling it, and the company they're hiring to do so. But that company, don't forget, was involved with some of the biggest, obvious cover-ups up, cover in the past. Katrina, BP spill, where the main point is, and the co- the company is the Center for Toxicology and Environmental Health. That they ev- in each one of these examples of the past, they say it's not a big that's it's they say it's a certain level of risk. Then it turns out to be exponentially more than that when the real story comes out, and that is what I think they get paid for. But here's the article from Mother Jones. This consulting firm was at the center of Katrina and BP Spill. Now it's under fire again. And what do they mean by under fire? Well, it turns out what they say is happening. It's far worse. And guess what? This is 2019. Well, now they're doing the same thing in Ohio. I think we can prove that. Here's just a quick point about the remedy selection, or excuse me, the remedy, yeah, remedy selection at Superfund sites, which by the way, I'm not going to get into, to me, it seems like another way that they're just kind of maximizing the situation for their own profit and benefit. It's like they're creating these own, basically acknowledging certain sites as super fun sites and then dumping money into the cleanup and then it goes all through the EPA. I just, something about it seems, I don't know why you need to set up some bureaucracy to just do what needs to be done. That seems like a manipulation to me personally, but this is more about the fact sheet they're using to discuss how they deal with these things. So here's the point. They're not even testing for it right now. Actually, I'll just play that first. Thank you to... I believe it's this one, to Deb for pointing this out. Governors,
3: administrators.
1: Oh, not that one. This one here. We'll play that one next. We feel very confident. I feel very
3: confident in the technologies that we've deployed. We've deployed.
1: I believe this is a uh, three, four days ago, I think.
3: Aircraft. uh, We have mobile vans circling the community. We have
1: stationary air monitoring strategically placed all across this community. Apparently for only like two compounds, or at the very least, limited compounds. I'm hearing mixed results, but they're not testing for everything. And he'll admit that right here. We've tested the indoor air quality of over 550 homes.
3: So our data, but not all of them, though, is very solid. And we believe that in our partnership with the state uh, that we have absolute confidence. And if the homes have been cleared and tested for drinking water, uh, then we trust that data. Are so we feel really good about that. Are you testing for dioxin? Um, I'd have to. Cons- she asked if they're testing
1: for dioxins with my team. I'm not quite sure if we are uh, testing for a doxin uh, yet. How is that even possible? So even the people in the newsroom are clearly aware of this. You know that all of them are. This has been brought up and discussed and been like casually admitted to at the bottom of a lot of corporate articles, and I'm going to prove to you next that they've all written about it extensively before this time frame. And yet they're not even asking. I just don't know how that's not the clearest thing possible. Because they know about this stuff. These are experts involved with the EPA and who know this stuff, the scientists. Not everyone in the room here, but with the EPA and the people involved making these choices. I know that that is under discussion, and it's not something that's off the table. Yes, but as of today, it's still not happening. So maybe this is about just continuing to stretch it out until we forget, until it's no longer able to be detected, which I don't even think is in the cards for what's happening today. But again, thank you, Deb, for that clip that I got sent now here's the sheet coming from the epa's own page now by the way this was updated april 11th 2022 which i don't think is really indicative of any kind of fort like this as well as a couple of the other ones you can see they've updated them like middle of 2022 which might be important if they didn't do the same thing in 2021 and before and before it seems like they it's a small things as far as i can tell like updating this area to look different oops in any case I don't you, if you find something please send it to me. I don't think that the update necessarily is important as I can tell yet. But here's the sheet and you can see at the bottom and this was last updated 2011. So this page has been updated but this main page has been the same since 2011. So think about that in the context of why the uh, this page we keep telling you about uh, specifically vinyl chloride. We're not talking about the here. This is vi- vi- vinyl chloride, dioxin being a byproduct of burning vinyl chloride. The point is that we've shown you they upped the HHS randomly after 17 years of no action on vinyl chloride, randomly decided to change this page January 2023 or the document right before this happened. Now, certainly is possible, very suspect. And then, of course, we'll come back to this graph which shows you the parts per million, which I'll make reference point, reference to in a minute. But the point here. Is that if this hasn't been updated in 2011, and they're telling you that they've updated and changed all these different things, that doesn't seem to make sense to me. So how would you update the toxicity but not update how you deal with it? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. There's something fishy going on. Now, here is the EPA's document. Fact sheet on the management of dioxin-contaminated soils. So you tell me they're talking about this in 2011, way before, even have outlines of how exactly to break this down But yet now they know they just burned something and they're involved with the decision as much as they tell you they're not to burn this, knowing it causes them, knowing it's it's specifically the one we're talking about. There's different dioxins. We're talking about TCDD is potentially the most toxic chemical we know of. And yet no one's talking about it, not buying it. So here's the sheet itself. And there's just one part I want to point out. In the disposal restrictions and contaminated soils part, L, uh, what is it LDRs again was uh, land disposal restrictions I'll show you what that's why that's relevant so it says contaminated soils are subject to land development restrictions generally when they contain a listed hazardous waste or exhibit a hazardous waste characteristic however on May 26 1998, the EPA promulgated alternative treatment standards specific to contaminated soils. understand, this is specifically in the context of dioxins in this report. These standards were designed to encourage cost-effective cleanup. Great. So the EPA, all the way back then, is apparently changing their standards because they want it to be cost-effective. Is is it the Environmental Cost-Effective Agency? No, it's the Environmental Protection Agency. To encourage cost-effective cleanup of hazardous contaminated soils. Okay, why don't you just make it dip more difficult for them to have these accidents instead of making it more ex- less expensive for them to clean it up? I mean, how does it make sense? But it says, subject to land development restrictions and to address the unique characteristics of soil. The 1998 standards require that contaminated soil be treated to either reduce concentrations of hazardous constituents by 90%. Okay, so you don't have to do it all? is too much when we're talking about dioxins or to meet hazardous constituent concentrations that are 10 times the universal treatment standard, whichever is greater. Does that make you feel okay? Especially not as we go through how really dangerous this just truly is. If soil treatment achieves the 90% reduction standard or reduces individual constituent concentration to levels achieving the standard of 10 times the, the level, then further treatment is not required. Okay, so there's two things to think about here. I don't know why you'd be okay with a company allowing 10% left of their mistake just because it's cost-effective or the fact that the companies could effectively manipulate numbers to make it seem like that's happened and then move forward. Because that doesn't happen, right? All of this is captured agency BS. It's allowing them to, to loophole, step through, anything they argue is there for your protection. So that being said, another video from Deb that points out something very, very important.
3: Governors, administrators.
1: Uh- I just want to, if I
3: may, I just want to make a, a, a comment. This may be obvious, but I think it's important to point out We've got a Republican congressman and a Democratic congressman who are here. A Republican governor and a Democratic governor who have been working together on this matter since the moments after that train derailed, even before Norfolk Southern tipped us off to it. This is how government is supposed to work. And-
1: Sorry, I was muted. Did you catch what he said? Now, you could argue again, and, you know, he mis misremembered or he is he lying or he said whatever, but I-, I just don't buy it. What he says right here is really important with the connection with what Biden just said. Two hours, we were there. But on top of that, what the EPA is saying didn't happen, right? So here are the representatives of the government, of the EPA, the local people, and listen to what he just said again a Republican governor and a Democratic governor who have
3: been working together on this matter since the moments after that train derailed,
1: even before Norfolk Southern tipped us off to it. This- okay, so he is literally telling you that they were there before Norfolk, Norfolk Southern even said anything about it. But yeah, let's pretend like they weren't involved in the decisions. Let's pretend like nobody can know about this for t- until February 13th. I'm not buying it. None of this makes sense.
3: This is how government is supposed to work. And we're both working together with the Biden administration to make
1: sure we draw down whatever federal resources there are, whatever federal help. Oh, good. So your tax dollars for their mistake. Fantastic. Because that's what he just said. Well, here's an important article. Hydrologist. I've never even read that word. It's interesting. So like a water expert warns of long term consequences of catastrophic U.S. train derailment. Now, yes, this is one person's opinion. And, and you should engage with it as such. He's an expert. He knows what he's talking about, but also seems to point out some things that I think are really relevant to, which I think are just common sense at this point about how this was handled and what it essentially means. The most harrowing report in the town hall came from hydrology expert, Rob, and I feel like I'm saying it wrong, but I'm not, hydrology expert, Bob Bocock, who spoke to on the dangers posed by vinyl chloride to the population. Now, this gets specifically into dioxins, but see, now we're getting the whole point with the vinyl chloride, which I'll flush out as we go forward, is this is what I was saying in the very beginning, or at least as this you know first couple shows we're flushing this out, is that it seemed to me, and this is the same thing he argues as the expert, so it makes me feel good about my, you know, reading what was going on, that it seems that it's very quickly devolved into sort of two problems, right? So you had the immediate problem of vinyl chloride with the, the ground, you know, put no barrier, putting it right into the soil and having that happen. You have the problem of whatever dissipated, both from burning as well as from what was just vaporous bubbling out of that thing from as, as long as they let that happen, which is a while. So that's the first problem. And and that's immediate. You have this really, really serious problem of vinyl chloride poisoning, which we're seeing miles away. So think about that. Like, I'll come back to you, but understand this has been, this is for sure. I just, right here. I even have the report from the actual veterinarian. We'll get into this because this is real. So a veterinarian's proving vinyl chloride poisoning as far as uh, I think it was three or I'll come back to it. I'll misquote it, but outside the zone that's supposed to be the problem, right? So the point is that the vinyl chloride in its own immediate problem was a big deal, but that over time, not the ground problem but the air, the water would dissipate. So I argue at this point, we're past that. But the dioxin part of this, as well as whatever unknowns, because that's important too, right? The point that they they burned other chemicals, other chemicals mixed or released or evaporated, like these things aren't being talked about. and And we'll get to that too, that they're not even testing for all the things on the train. So how do we know it's safe? That's just gonna, Because they told you. But the dioxin part of this, or whatever the byproducts are, are a whole different problem. Because now you've got this sediment problem of, you know, As apparently the argument is that this stuff, after you burn carbonated products, it, it you know, as we saw, the, the cloud into the sky, which attaches to dust particles, which then eventually settles and is, and is dense and it settles on the ground or to the, your, your house or your objects or you or the water to the bottom, all this different stuff totally different. And that is far, far more reaching because of the, how long this stuff lasts and because of how the burn shot it into the atmosphere. Right? So something that has a, lo- a half-life of like seven years is going to make it quite a far away. Don't you think? I mean, this is just not even up for debate guys. So that's what I think is important to understand as that. I think we're past that acute phase, but even then, I, I don't know if we know that for sure. Cause if we're still finding people getting rashes and having chloride poisoning, vinyl chloride, well, that clearly suggests that it's still there, but there are people that dispute that's even possible. So, all that being said, here's what the hydrologist says that he spoke with the dangers of specific lead-final chloride, and here's what he said, quote, you're in a situation where you're going to be dealing with this for the rest of your lives if you stay here. Big statement. According to the report, the derailment was caused by a heat-related failure of an axle on the 23rd car in the train. Which had more than 150 total trains. Now I'm no expert on trains in particular, but I get, the reason I think they wrote that is because well, that seems like a, a kind of a stretch, doesn't it? So one of them obviously got had a problem and it stopped moving, and so it caused friction, so it caused the heat to increase, which caused the fire. But we're going to argue that that one, which I mean, that could then cause some kind of a crippling effect that you know cascading. But it seems odd that one one axle. Would then cause all of it to derail. But I mean, you know, maybe that, you know, the more you think about it, it certainly seems possible. Like, cause cascading problems could happen, other things and so on. So, either way, the point is that one thing happened. The report in particular cited readings from track based monitors called hot bearing detectors, which were spaced at intervals around 10 miles in the area where the train derailed. The last three readings showed elevated temperatures. We already reported this to you. First, 30 degrees above the ambient temperature. So, whatever it was outside, 30 degrees hotter than that. Then, 103 degrees hotter than that. Each one of these weren't seen by the employees. And finally, 253 degrees, which suddenly passed their barrier of being something to care about. So the first two reports should have been, I mean, you could argue some, something could have been done. Only this last reading triggered the audible alarm in the cabin to alert the crew who responded by attempting to bring the train to a stop. Now, right there, I argue that this doesn't make much sense to me. So if you got the instruments and so on. I've heard other reports about the idea that at 100 and so on, that they're aware of this stuff. But again, this is what's so, pro- this is why it's problematic when your people are left to do the, basically the people involved with the situation are I seemingly intentionally playing it fast and loose, or excuse me, close to the chest. Then you get contradictory reports, even from the corporate media. And I think that's the whole point. I think they want this to happen. But it says only this last reading triggered that alarm. By then, however, it was too late. And the 23rd car derailed due to the failure of the overheated axle taking several cars with it. After coming to a stop, the crew could see fire and smoke coming from further back on the train. They alerted dispatchers to a possible derailment. This raises serious questions about the role of Norfolk Southern's safety policies in creating the conditions for the disaster. According to the report, company policy is to stop a train and inspect it only if an axle is reading 115 degrees above ambient temperature. But eyewitnesses, eyewitness footage from 20 miles before the train or before East Palestine, at approximately the point of the first reading, so at 105, three, 103 degrees above te- the ambient temperature, they apparently already had flames shooting out of the back of the axle, and this is this is eyewitness video. So it was already on fire. More than double that temperature is where they're arguably supposed to do something. This and the point is. There are two possible explanations for this. This is what I think is interesting. Either the train crew unknowingly traveled 20 miles with a fire on the tanker full of toxic chemicals before anyone in Norfolk Southern was even alerted to the problem, which in and of itself suggests laxity, like just that it's profit over safety from the government and down. The second is that the dispatcher knew of the elevated temperature readings, but instructed the train crew to continue anyway in accordance with company policy. In either case, policies designed to prioritize profit and minimize downtime must have played an immediate role in the lead-up to disaster. To what degree? You could debate it, but I think I agree completely. According to the report by ProPublica, Norfolk Southern also has an official policy in place allowing dispatchers to instruct crews to ignore potential mechanical problems indicated by track-based sensors. So again, if you're trafficking in some of the most dangerous things we know of, shouldn't we not have lack safety? Whether it's Biden or Trump, yes. I mean, it's just a no-brainer. You know, the point is we're doing this to expedite the process, but if we know this could be something like this, why wouldn't you say if it's one degree above, then you have to do something about it? You know why? Money. Because that's not feasible. Well, you know what? We don't care. Then stop shipping the chemicals. I mean, the, the point is they'll make some argument about why it's necessary for national security or whatever. The point is it's always, on the surface, everything else above safety, it would appear as long as they yell what's necessary to maintain what they say, it allows them to keep you safe. It's all the same game they play everywhere else. No, no, nuclear weapons and and gas, they're all green and ESG because we use them to fight for freedom, right? That's the same kind of game, which is dumb. They do actually make that argument if you haven't heard that. It says, this played a direct role in the similar derailment in October in Sandusky, Ohio, involving an overheating wheel. So, one of these points we keep talking about that I haven't even really got into is that we're now suddenly just like realizing that there are what I forget the number. I think it was 1,700 average derailments in a year, which boils down to I think it was like a 770 or less. I forget the big number a month, over 100 a month. They actually use that point to act like this was no big deal. Budigag himself kind of ha- like dismissed it in the beginning as well. We do have a lot of derailments. So that's them using their own lack of safety to justify other lack of safety. The point is that's obscene. And the only reason that's happening so often is because of things like this. That's a- That's at the fault of both Biden and Trump, or rather the government, as always. It says the failure of the wheel bearing, he said, could have been caused by any number of problems which ought to have been picked up during routine inspections, according to Michael Watts of the Texas-based attorney. Or He is a Texas-based attorney. It says Bocock, the hydrologist, pointed a similar derailment which occurred in the 1970s in La Roy, New York. This is super interesting. Where a single car contained a chemical similar to vinyl chloride. It derailed, released 30,000 gallons, compared to more than 100,000 in East Palestine. However, the EPA only declared the site of the derailment, a super fund, what we're just talking about before, in 1991. A, and cleanup began in 1999. So it's not exactly the same chemical, but it's similar. And the point is that it took until 1999 for them to even clean it up. But guess what? They still needed to. You see the point there? <laughs> right? So Almost 40 years later, and cleanup was still necessary. That's what we're talking about. He spoke of personally visiting the site in 2011, where he found that multiple barrels filled with the chemicals they removed from the soil had simply been left out in the open to rust, which then leaked the chemicals back onto the ground. That's the EPA. Think about that's 2011. The railroad's groundwater plan is not due to the EPA until August 2024. Norfolk Southern is not obligated to give them a groundwater plan until August 2024. Why didn't you just ask for 75 years like the FDA did, right? Or Pfizer? Why not? Seems to be working today. August 2024. So in the meantime, we'll just have to assume for safety. This is who they are. Vinyl chloride, the principal contaminant released in the disaster via, quote, controlled release and burn, poses particular problems for cleanup. It is highly mobile in soil and water and is not readily absorbed by carbon, making removal from the soil more difficult. So think about if they're removing soil now and not even thinking about dioxins, they're not doing the right thing. I think that's what's happening here. I think there's an intentional ignorance there to act like we don't know it's there, so we we'll have to deal with it. Or it's that they know it's just that serious, so they don't even want you to know that they're aware of it, however you want to look at it. The water supply in East Palestine is particularly vulnerable, particularly vulnerable, Bocock said. An environmental protection plan, this blows my mind, for East Palestine water system, he said, revealed that the state government determined that the groundwater protection from surface contamination after this whole thing is Zero. Zero. Let me go ahead and tell you that's not even possible, not even because of Ohio. That's not possible in most cases before this ever happened, which is the point he makes. Quote, I have never read that line in reviewing more than two thousand three hundred similar groundwater protection plans. The groundwater needs treatment immediately, he said, you know, the expert. Okay, so this is the expert, an expert on water who is telling you never in his career has he ever seen a report coming back zero. You know, it's like saying the vaccine's 100% effective. Just shut up and do what you're told, guys. The, re- the reality is, and we'll make clear in a second is more as well, that there is the there is general contaminants of dioxins that they've been producing forever because of burning chemical weapons, because of the way they burn, dispose of all sorts of military things, or because they do clumsy, unsafe practices and food distribution and food production. And I'll get, I'll show you. So my point is, Yes, you'll find dioxins in naturally occurring, well, I guess, well, will not the right word for it, but other or ter- ways, but it's a very, very, very low amount, which is also still problematic. But it's not zero. Pretty much anywhere. And so when they tell you zero, think about what that means. Either they didn't even do it, or they just lied to you and told you zero. Guys, that involves everybody working with them right now. Now, it says essentially two separate types of disasters occurred in East Palestine. Now, this is what I was saying before, and I'm glad this expert agrees. The derailment that spilled chemicals, which percolated down into the water table because of the way they chose to do this with time to make other choices, as well as the release and burn, which resulted in dioxins. He doesn't say that as a possibility. It's a matter of fact. Being released into the atmosphere, the potential for dioxin exposure would continue for years. Years. He's not talking about vinyl chloride, guys. He's talking about dioxins, both in the ground, in the soil, the water, the air, as well as distant and, you know, however far this reached. Years. But the EPA is not even testing for dioxins right now. Dr. Stephen Lester, science director for the Center for Health and Environmental Justice. So a guy, who, you know, at the very least, someone you should pay attention, Center for Health and Environmental Justice, said that we they're not even testing right now. Dioxins are a broad category, including dozens of different chemicals, he said, including one, and this is the one we're potentially dealing with, which is, quote, the most toxic chemical ever tested in the United States. Fantastic. They were, quote, almost pretending like it didn't exist. And my point, again, is the next segment will show they know about it. They've researched it. They've studied it. They've all even written articles about it. But somehow right now, they're not even asking about it, not even reporting about it. This is pretty obvious right now. Whatever information eventually comes to light, two things are already clear. First, the disaster was made possible by relentless cost cutting, which has driven up profits on the railroad to record highs, which is true, and has been backed to the hilt by the government. Not the left, not the right, but the government. Both Trump's administration, Biden's administration, and whoever comes in next, because that's how this works. This was hinted at in comments made by Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg last week when he sought to minimize the disaster by blandly citing the fact that more than 1,000 aeronauts occur every year. Yeah, that, they're covering this up by pointing at their own malfeasance. Second, whatever claims are being made now, the official government response will be a whitewash aimed at shielding at Norfolk Southern from responsibility. While the Biden administration claims now that Norfolk Southern will be made to pay for the cleanup, There's not even the suggestion that Norfolk Southern executives could be held criminally responsible. At any rate, even the former claim is not even true. And I agree with that. As we just heard, residents will be made to foot the bill in one form or another. A pattern has has been set long ago in environmental disasters, and everyone seems to back this up that's ever even researched environmental disasters, such as the lead poisoning of Flint, Michigan, which, by the way, they still don't have clean water. Let that sink in, and the BP oil spill, which is being repeated in East Palestine. First, government officials tried to deny that any danger to the public exists. Now, this is, let's just ignore for the moment Ohio right now. What you're about to hear is what happened before in almost every example of these large problems. Just like uh, the I think is Drum, I forget that. Well, this guy, this guy, will come, we'll play his clips in a minute. I think his last name is Drum. Even he said this, and he, he researched this as well in the beginning, and he came out and he made the same point. So even outside of this in the past involved in the epa when the government comes out they deny the danger exists when that is no longer possible as we see now they just try to minimize it finally those responsible are left on the hook with minimal consequences over and over and over this class character of this class character of the government and the political system is exposed in this catastrophe while both parties All of the government swiftly came together to ban a strike by railroaders last year. Don't forget that. In which the issue of rail safety would have been front and center, claiming a strike would have unthinkable consequences. So right there, there's a Biden administration point allowed this to be shut down, then allowed things to go back to normal, which is what arguably allowed this to happen. But all they can do is go Trump three years ago. The same government creates the conditions where deadly accidents can take place. And then comes to the defense of the railroads in the aftermath. Right right there is the Occam razor point, guys. You don't need anything else to make this a criminal act. But I feel very strongly that there is something else going on here. But just make sure we're not moving away from the obvious reality where even hydrologists can tell you that there's a lasting generational problem here that no one's talking about. And as I pointed out before, the Biden DOJ is backing Norfolk Southern's bid to block lawsuits. It's read it for yourself, undeniable. How does that make sense? But blame Trump. Here's the clip i played before, just showing you that they're they're not even testing for dioxins right now, and we just had that backed up by another expert, right? This is as of two days ago. I, I, I mean, really, actually, it looks like it was updated today. I think that's what it means. Oh, no, maybe that's just updated on the 24th. In any case, the EPA, after all the pressure and after everything they know, came out and just said, we'll consider future tests for dioxins. Oh, when? Well, we don't know, but in the future. How do you possibly make sense of that? Is this an effort to try to hope we forget? It says, I'd have to consult my team just so we can reference what he just said. So this is true. This is the report of what he just said. I have to consult my team, said the EPA administrator, Michael Regan, on February 21st, when asked at a news conference whether authorities had tested for dioxins. So they made a choice to do the thing they knew would cause this and then have just played dumb ever since. And right now they're going, yeah, maybe in the future. We don't even know if it's happening. I'm not quite sure, he says, if we're testing for dioxins yet. I know that's under discussion. So they do know about it, though. So if you know about it, why wouldn't you be testing for it? Because there's no dispute here. They're dangerous. There's not some alternative perspective on why they're not. So it's all on the surface, guys. Last Saturday, Ohio Senator Sharon Brown and J.D. Vance sent a joint letter to their directors of the Ohio EPA asking them to monitor, for, to look for dioxins. Last Saturday. And now, and, even, and even now, they're going, well, we don't know, maybe, maybe. <laughs> That's just criminal, as far as I'm concerned. James Fab, F- uh, Fabisiak, director of the Center for Healthy Environments and Communities at the University of Pittsburgh School for Public Health, first mentioned dioxins to Pittsburgh's Action News for on February 7th. Everybody knows about this, guys, and this is wild. And he also wasn't the only one to ask about them. A few days later, a spokesperson, so it's 24th, 23rd, spokesperson for the U.S. EPA confirmed his conclusion, issuing this statement to Pittsburgh Action News 4. Oh, wait, that how can that be February 19th? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought it was going off the date we read up there. So, It says a few days later. So on the 19th, this is what the EPA said. So think about this. Combustion of vinyl chloride can produce dioxins, which are hazardous pollutants. Okay, so right there, even though we don't need to debate, they know about this. I could prove that a thousand different ways. On the record on the 19th, they're telling you that they know that can happen, which not even can. It did and has and will happen when you burn these products. The question is to what degree? Any dioxins from the controlled burn, not controlled, would have been dispersed in the atmosphere. Since February 6th, I'm going to prove to you that's not true. I'm going to prove to you they know that's not true. EPA is working with our federal and state health partners to determine if additional sampling is needed and is prepared to assist. Why wouldn't you just test for it? Like, this is like the vaccine con- such, uh, injection conversation again. Acting like, well, we know it's not there, so we won't even look for it. That is a game. That's not even on. That's blatantly dishonest. If you just wanted to be safe, You would test for all the stuff on the train. It's not that difficult. So now you're watching them tell you they know it happens, tell you they know it did happen, and then acting like, well, no, it dissipated already. Oh, you mean the thing that has like a seven-year, potentially generational or decade-long half-life? Yeah, not gone. Not gone. And that's exactly going back to the point about how they even dispose of this stuff. They know that's not, it doesn't just dissipate. They know that. That's their sheet you're looking at from the EPA that makes it clear that there's a special way that has to be disposed of. It doesn't just dissipate in the air but that's what the EPA said on the record. There's no questioning they're being dishonest about this. They haven't tested yet, says Stephen Lester, science director for the Center for Health Environments and Justice, for reasons I don't know, says the expert. Lester was one of several environmental health experts who sat on a panel to answer residents pressing questions at a meeting, you know, where Norfolk Southern failed or rather chose not to show up. EPA had to know when they were going to burn vinyl chloride, the dioxin would be formed says the expert. You see, this is not disputable. There's no debate here. So, and yet they still lie. Sil Caggiano, a hazardous materials specialist who was also sitting on the panel, echoed Lester's warnings. So there's two experts who tell you that this is not even up for debate. The Ohio EPA has not even answered follow-up questions about whether they're going to test for it or plans to do so after suggesting it might happen in the future, nor has the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection this is a whole, this is a cover up. Meanwhile, the citizens of East Palestine and and Darlington Township have been assured, despite their testing for that, the air is safe. Assured. So either they're testing for it and they don't care if it's there, or they're not testing and they're telling you it's safe when they don't know. It's that simple. Now, here just a quick reiteration before we go on to the smell and then right into the what uh, will never next part we're getting into. Now, I want to reiterate. Eric Capolino was the same person that was on a lot of different shows a lot of these other you know partisan level shows we talked about this on the third I think the 13th or the 14th whichever one the, one of these days way back then just to demonstrate our value that we are combing through this from you what you send us from as well as what I'm finding as well as what people that support like the Orwell and and doom and El hombre and people and and, and link all these people on our Twitter circles that are constantly tagging me in really important stuff that I just don't shout out enough. My point is that because of all of our our community here, we are ahead of these stories, almost consistently. Just too bad that we don't get enough, you know, general, like, I I wish the people who are in the mainstream quasi-conversation would even get wind of this. Even though they know we're here, it still gets suppressed, and I know that's happening. My point, though, is that this was there then, all the way back then, same guy. He says it's not just what was in the taker cars, it's what happened when they burned and combined. This may be the largest dioxin plume in world history. I know of no more serious kind of release. Here's an update from the last time we read this. He updated this on the 19th. We've been trying to determine who is responsible for the decision to dump and burn the vinyl chloride. I think we've established this. First, EPA's National Response Center was, was notified of the derailment and spill about two hours after it happened. So they are in a new or should have known position regarding what was happening immediately. Really great way to put that. It really doesn't matter whether they pretend they didn't even know. You're you're in charge. That's like my point from before about a, a, a boss blaming some lowly employee. It doesn't matter. It's, you're in charge. It's your fault, man. You still are managing the situation. You don't blame some small hourly lackey, right? The point is, the EPA can't play this like they didn't know. So he's right. They should have if they didn't. And I very clearly believe that they did. Do not miss... Governor Shapiro's letter to Norfolk Southern. It says, up until Monday, February sixth, there appears to have been an evacuation recommendation. So understand the timeline we just showed you. And they knew when they at the sixth that they were and they weren't telling you that you have to go, they were recommending it. This is at a time when we just proved to you they knew there was a problem. It says, But on that day, the governors of Ohio and Pennsylvania upgraded it to an evacuation order to accommodate the dump and burn decision by the railroad. So again, meaning they're all involved, it would appear that while the governments were given some information, there was not a coordinated response, but that they were passing information before and nobody was being told about this stuff, about the risks, knowing that they were involved with it, what it would cause and recommendations to or. But the other point he makes is that at at, at the surface level, that they're just clumsy and incompetent. They're not even coordinating properly. However you want to frame this, they're responsible for all this. The question is, at what point did the known degradation byproducts like dioxins enter the scenario? Was dioxin in the discussion? I'm going to prove to you that it had to have been. This is what we are now working to establish. It may take a while as we will need to use FOIA. Now, a lot of great stuff in this article that I covered in that very first episode that we did on this show. Actually, that's the one I didn't bring up, I think. Yeah. The the, the very first one was the, the other one of these three. It's in there somewhere. Just search for search for Ohio. It'll pop up. But I want to reiterate first his day, his map that concerns me about where this might be able to reach based on dioxins. But a couple of points about the the toxicity here too. dioxin has been. Oh, this is before the toxicity showing you that they do know about it, even from this expert. Dioxin has been silenced for a generation. So in his mind, it's been shut down already years ago. Now, what would that mean? Now, I'm going to get into a part today about how dioxin seems to have been used as a chemical weapon. And maybe it has, again, for all that for that matter. But that they know that, which means they know it's dangerous, which means they know how it's used, which would then suggest or you know explain why it got suppressed and quieted because it's being used, in particular to attempt to assassinate a previous Ukrainian leader. We'll get to that in a minute. Dioxin has been silenced for a generation. Dioxin has been out of the news for more than 30 years. Therefore... Very few people today have any sense of the problem, including journalists and editors. Well, I I don't believe that because it's not like you just forget the past, right? I mean, it's been a while, but they've written about it and you can search for it. It's there. It is one of the most seriously environmentally environmental issues, but the background is not known by nearly anyone. And that's partly why he's posted the history below, which I, I recommend you read this article after a series of fraudulent articles in the New York Times. They claimed that as dangerous as sunbathing, the issue disappeared. So at the time, again, I'm, it's un. There's no room for conversation here. It's not the, dioxins are dangerous, and now even their current reports, even after they, you no, know, actually, I take it back. I was thinking vinyl chloride. Their current reports around dioxins show you that they know it's dangerous. The point is, he's making that New York Times back then did some clumsy effort to try to downplay its risk all the way back then why i think they were showing you what they were in the new york times even back then they're they're towing lines and lying about things for the agendas maybe that's because of the assassinations and the attempt in ukraine or maybe something else but the point is we know it's not only as dangerous as sunbathing now you could argue it was because of corporate manipulation just profits for the companies involved with that stuff or you could think for yourself on that but this is an effort of them trying to hide it back then A federal reassessment of dioxin's toxicity was stuffed early in the Clinton administration. I cover the reassessment in a 1994 article he wrote, which is when they say, oh, yeah, it's dangerous. So here is where it really is today. And you can prove this. Dioxin's toxicity is incomprehensible. And they know all of this. Peter Montague, author of Rachel's Hazardous Waste News, summarizes the toxicity of dioxin in the historical articles below the links are all in there. You can look at it for yourself. How can we express this in terms that people can grasp? Let's compare it to one single aspirin tablet. One aspirin tablet, like you've all seen, tiny little tablet, weighs five grains, which I learned last time was actually a, a, a measurement it involves you know ammunition and shooting and so on, but t- small, right? Or 325 milligrams or 325 trillion femtograms. So to express one safe lifetime dose of, again, TCDD, that's what we're talking about. There's a lot of different dioxins, but that's the one we're dealing with here. You would take a single aspirin tablet and divide that into 32 million pieces or a little more, you know, 100,000 more than that, point being over 32 million. One small aspirin tablet cut into 32 million pieces. One of those tiny pieces would represent what is considered a safe lifetime dose of dioxin, specifically TCDD. Now think about that. They just burned this. Which guarantees that there's going to be higher doses than that somewhere within this area. Is it possible to miss? So, 32 million divisions of five grains. I mean, my God. That means that the weight of one aspirin tablet is the equivalent lifetime safe dose of dioxin for more than 32 million people. This is one reason why manufacturers don't want to distill it out of their products. And it is in stuff. Why? Why? As he says, well, they don't know what to do with it. But we're going to pretend like the government right now knows how to handle all of this. So they let it go into the environment unmitigated. Man. Okay, so before we get into some of the more important parts, I want to reiterate this part again about what this expert was saying who just went there to test all of this. This is really important. Because what he's telling you is that he can when you can smell it, there's a problem. And that's why this is important because as of people can still smell this stuff. Now, this, by the way, applies to not just vinyl chloride here. We're just talking about any number of these potentially dangerous chemicals, many of which are in the same ballpark. Specifically, I'm thinking dioxins are the byproduct of it in vinyl chloride, as well as some of the other ones I'm forgetting. But the reality here, I'm talking about, first of all, in the beginning was vinyl chloride. Now, again, my argument would be that it's dissipated for the most part, other than the ground. But we did have examples, I'll play next, of people smelling this in the beginning, as far as 40 miles away.
2: chemicals, including dioxin. We're doing a lot of soil sampling and water sampling. My view is that it was a bad decision to release it and burn it. So I have undergraduate and graduate degree in chemical engineering. <laughs> I mean, I brought respirators and stuff with us. The problem is, you, to wear a respirator, you need to know what to protect from, right? Hydrocarbons, acid gases. We're here, I think, the first group independently to try to figure out what's really here because what they were measuring most of the time is what they call VOCs, which is just some generic.
1: It's not a specific chemical, right? Right, and that's a conscious choice to not look for what I think we know is there. You know, and that, it, it, there's this is a, a random person who's an expert who's going there to do this. They're not doing this.
2: I couldn't in good conscience until we get some sampling data know what to protect it. I've been involved in these before. They know that things are going to dissipate with time, so they measure things that don't really matter. There's evidence that when you burn vinyl chloride poorly, and it was definitely burned poorly because it had such a black clue. You think of the old days with a carburetor, if you had the air-fuel ratio wrong and you had black smoke, that meant you had too much fuel and enough air. And that black is carbon, right? So it doesn't combust all the way to CO2. When there's incomplete combustion, there's there's evidence that part of the vinyl chloride goes to dioxin, and dioxin is one of the most deadly compounds known. If you measured air, it has a lot of components, like oxygen, nitrogen, it might have carbon monoxide, right? So if you measure... VOCs, Volatile Organic Carbons. That doesn't tell me anything other than you're measuring carbon. But I want to know, is it vinyl chloride? What is the individual component? So they purposely measure, with a cheaper instrument, total hydrocarbons. But I want to know what the components are. You're the guy that made all the decisions. Have you done a controlled burn? Well, there's the lie. It wasn't a controlled burn. It was an uncontrolled burn. See, I'm a chemical engineer as well. As well as a top health and safety guy. I've got undergraduate and graduate degrees in chemical engineering.
3: You're the first actual expert that we've gotten to speak to. In your opinion, why do you believe that it was an uncontrolled burn? Why are you using that terminology when so far everywhere else we've seen that it was a controlled burn?
2: You can go to a place called West Liverpool, downriver, and that's where they burn hazardous waste. And in a hazardous waste uh, situation, they very carefully control the temperature and the amount of oxygen so that they get complete combustion, right? It's time, temperature, and, and amount of the air fuel ratio. There's no controlling of the amount of air that gets in there. That's why you saw all that soot. So it's not a controlled burn because a controlled burn would have to be like in a furnace or in your car or some system where you control the fuel in the vinyl chloride and the amount of oxygen.
1: Now, see, this is basic. Like from the perspective of the EPA, they know this stuff. Now, remember that there wasn't some rash decision. There was time to think about this. And yet they made the choice, which is what I keep saying. Now, they're going to clearly trying to blame Norfolk Southern. We weren't even involved in that choice. But clearly they were if this process took multiple days and they were clearly there within two hours and clearly involved in all. I mean, it's it's obvious. And so the point is that they either allowed them to make this choice, which was just, I guess, with the profit in mind, which I think it's more than that, or they stood by and allowed them to make it, to take the action which would maximize the release of the main problem.
2: So they didn't do that. So it's an uncontrolled burn. One of the worst ways to um, determine exposure in general is to smell it because if you smell the odor, guess what? You're already exposed, right? right. How long the... have you been doing this? In general, is to smell it because if you smell the odor, guess what? You're already exposed, right? How long the... have you been doing
1: this? Um, 30 years.
2: I'm in most of the big named lawsuits as the exposure expert. It's a privilege I get called in to try to figure some of this stuff out.
1: Just in case you didn't miss that, or in case you missed it, he's in most of the big lawsuits as the expert citing their side. So this guy is a high level expert. He knows what he's talking about.
2: So that's my job always is what really happened,
1: you know? Right. And the only reason a guy like for that has what? a job for what really happened is because it's consistent that there's always a cover up. I mean, just think about that. Now, the reality is the smell, everything else, the dioxin, the cover up, the way it was done. I mean, it's this obvious. So the point is, if we can smell it, I just want to make this point very clear again. The reality being that in their report, it makes it clear that vinyl chloride, it, it, it becomes noticeable at 3000 parts per million. Now, there's reports of different kinds of smells, but I think this could change by being mixed with other things, by all sorts of different factors, right? The point being, as Z said, if he, did, he wasn't just talking about vinyl chloride. He just said, when you can smell it, you're, you're contaminated. And so here we have an exact number for specifically vinyl chloride, which shows you over here in their updated version that at 500 parts per million, animals die. Death, increased liver, kidney weight, and so on. All right, so this is a, a dangerous level. And on top of that, just to, to reiterate, that their own report from the, from the HHS says several... Results from several studies have suggested that breathing air or drinking water contaminated with as low as 100 parts per million of vinyl chloride might increase their risk of cancer. Now, that's not dioxin. We're talking vinyl chloride. So that means in the beginning of all this and possibly currently with the water that people, whether rivers or whatever else, were already exposed to that level. I think that's a foregone conclusion. But, so we know they can smell it. We know that it's been reported. Here's an example from 13 days ago telling you that it was smelled 40 miles away. Hours after the fire and smoke, an official with Norfolk Southern called the controlled release a success. But at the same time, as far north as Cortland now, 40 miles from East Palestine, there is a strong chemical smell in the air. OK, and that's all over. the. You could find that a lot. There's a lot of reports about this. I've showed you many other videos. So what we're going to do after in one of these segments to finish today, we like a lot more to get into, is show you that that not if they are smelling it that far away, and show you why you shouldn't dismiss that. Show you other examples of animals, people, rashes, illness farther away than you might expect. Now here, to go into how they knew about this, at the very least that they've written about this many times before that kind of weird thirty year blank out period where they didn't talk about it anymore here is the washington post contaminated by dioxins 1983 so it's very this is a a broad conversation we're talking about in a whole area here you can just see it's it's washington post but i had it on that so you could see what it says here's the new york times this is from 1990 scientists are unlocking the secrets of dioxins devastating power Ooh, that's weird, right? Now we're kind of stepping into, well, we can use it as a weapon, as a, oh, yeah, that's where it's going. Well, this went away, though. Here's one of the most important ones. Now, of course, because this is uh, updated, I took someone's advice and I took a screenshot. But here is a CNN article from CNN Environment from 1995. This This is actually really important to the conversation today. Dioxins may be creating larger problems down the road. So right now, when CNN doesn't talk about it, when they pretend they don't even know about it, when they gaslight the conversation, you can prove that they knew all of what we're going to show you right here. What it says is, as dioxins become airborne, it travels thousands of miles away. Uh-oh. Well, okay, so we just, they just burned 100,000 ga- uh, tons of, or whatever, millions of tons, actually. Right? Millions. So they did burn it. Okay, well, what CNN is arguing that they knew back in 1995 is that when you burn these and create the dioxins, well, when it becomes airborne, rather, it travels thousands of miles away. So why then would you argue that one mile radius is enough? It's a good question. Dioxin, they continue, ends up in animals or fish, where it is stored in their fatty tissue. So cows, pigs, dogs, cats, foxes, chickens, all of it ends up. In their fatty tissue. And when we eat those things, when they don't die, dioxins move into our fat, which then stays in your fat potentially for a decade or more. And the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, says chlorine compounds like dioxin can cause serious health problems. And researchers say it's everywhere. Apparently they forgot. Okay. Well, here's what it says. From reading what you found on the first, on this is the the, the interview. With a, with a Dr. Arnold uh, Schechter, who is a dioxin specialist. Right? So it does, we don't even know what it is, except we've got people's entire careers around it, right? So it says, from reading what you found on the fast food and doses of dioxins in the hamburger, chicken and pizza, we are already higher than what the EPA says is safe. This is 1995. I guess when they at least did somewhat level of actual journalism, right? The point is, they're saying, we investigated fast food because the, the, the cheap and gross ways they make these terrible food causes dioxins. Another reason why you should run screaming from McDonald's, Burger King, any of them. And ask then why those were the ones kept open during the pandemic, right? It's all this connect. But the point is, they tested it. And what they found was that the level in the food you're eating is higher than right at that moment, what the EPA said was safe. And yet they seem to allow it. Isn't that baffling? Seems like today, right? The doctor speaks up and says, right, that was a surprise to us when we looked at all the data. Yeah, you might you don't say. We were shocked to find out that they're way more dangerous. It's just kind of shocking. It says about 8 to 150 times more dioxins than the EPA feels would be reasonable. So ask yourself, what other thing could be 150 times above the safe limit and nothing happens? Let's pretend like this isn't a captured agency all the way back then. 150 times the safe level. We're talking dioxins, the same thing we just talked about. It says the restaurants can't help it. The CNN journalist jumps in to defend them. I don't know why. It doesn't even seem like that makes sense. The restaurants can't help it, she says, after he says that. Dioxin has years to build up in the food chain. That's why the EPA wants to change the standards in 1995. Okay, it says it recently said even lower levels of dioxin may hurt us. Ah, so it was going the other direction back then by weakening our immunities or attacking our reproductive system. That sounds interesting. What else is attacking our immune system, and reproductive issues? Though EPA's review board thinks the lower levels are too restrictive, others say they're not tough enough. I can't even believe all the way back then. So they recently lowered the level of what's dangerous as it's 150 times higher than what it already was in food given to children, right? But then the review board goes, well, it's not too restrictive, you know, safety and all, but profit. We shouldn't miss who these people are. They're telling you what they actually are. And it says you found basically what you were seeing in the infants was also showing up in the four year olds. It's affecting the children. Right, he says, the, the expert says, in both cases, the children who were exposed to this moderate, mild level of whatever, you know, less than we're dealing with today, in food, all the way back then, that hasn't changed today. In both cases, 4 year olds, infants who were exposed to higher levels of PCBs, one of the overlaps with this conversation in regard to dioxins, in utero performed more poorly in tests of short-term memory. You know, along with the fluoride and everything else right they don't know whether the exposure caused attention deficit disorder add which is a wholesale industry now or harm the memory skills what they do know is that children were impacted and it happened in the fetal stage so make sense of this for me so the doctors know that it was hurting feet unborn babies affecting their memory everything about them We know that what the food that everybody else was eating in these fast food restaurants was 150 times in some cases more. But they think it's too restrictive. this This is starting to make sense. This is where we are. 1995. So again, the larger point is CNN knows about this. CNN knows it's dangerous. CNN even knows that it was in every... But here we are today where they're going, oh, no, what's going on? Here's the Washington Post again. 2000, year 2000. EPA links dioxin to cancer. But today they're baffled. Here's today, or rather two days ago. All the way to the 24th. Finally, the Washington Post goes, did dioxin spread after the Ohio train derailment? I just, it's, it's pretty crazy this has taken this long. After a catastrophic 38 train car derailment in Palestine, Ohio, some officials are raising concerns about a type of toxic substance that tends to stay in the environment. Talk about downplaying. Last week. Sherrod Brown and J.D. Vance, the U.S. Senators for Ohio, sent the letter to State Environmental Protection Agency expressing concern. So they know about this, even though I can prove they knew about it long before that. It says they joined residents of the, sm- of the town, environmentalists from all over the U.S., calling for them to do their jobs, which is test the soil for dioxins. But they're not. A, lo- a look at dioxins, their potential harms, and whether they have been created by burning vinyl chloride, that was on Norfolk Southern's train. Like, so even that seems to suggest that it's debatable. It's not. They are created through, and I only say that because of what we know the way that was burned, the expert we just saw, the smoke in the air. It's a this there was there, there are dioxins that were released. The question should be to what degree, and they're not even testing for it. They are created through combustion and attached to dust particles, which is how they begin to circulate through an ecosystem. Right. And so as CNN just told us, well, they get airborne. They can travel thousands of miles away. And as what they just the EPA just told us, they can last for decades. But everyone else, though, is saying, don't worry, there's nothing happening. We're not even testing for it. Starting to make sense. Residents near the burn could have been exposed to dioxins in the air that landed on their skin or were breathed into their lungs, said Frederick uh, Gungrich, a toxicologist at Van Bilt University. Skin exposure to high concentrations that cause what is known as chlorase or chlor acne, excuse me, and an intense skin inflammation. Okay, so we're now seeing that this is clearly something that is being caused by specific high exposure to dioxins, the acne breakouts, which we are seeing reported way farther away than we want to admit, or what, than they want to admit. So, which means that this is at ho- such high enough levels that it's causing these outbreaks on people's faces, which we're seeing reported all over the place. That's reported by the Washington Post. But the main path, here, ask yourself this, why didn't they do another paragraph paragraph right after that that said, here's all the reports of people having that exact symptom, which suggests that it is happening? No. But the main pathway that dioxin gets into human bodies is not directly through something burning like the contents of the Palestine cars. It's through consumption of meat, dairy, fish, shellfish that have become contaminated. Now, the reason they say that is largely, that's what we just talked about because it it ends up in the fatty tissues of the animals, which we consume, all of which stays there for a really long time. But that doesn't mean what they're talking about is, you know, when you burn this thing on the ground, well, it's far more risky because of all these other things. And they didn't say at the level of the East out, the East Palestine burn. They just simply said the main pathway is not through burning like the contents here. But when you realize that it's burned to the level it was in Ohio, it's worse than everything else we're talking about, as we just proved with the experts. that Even though this article is kind of pointing out dioxins, it feels like a way to downplay it. Quote, That's why it's important for the authorities to investigate this site now, because it's important to determine the extent of which dioxins are present. Again, this has been discussed. They just don't do it. Linda Birnbaum, a leading dioxins researcher, toxicologist and former director of the National Institute for Environmental Health Sciences, said that burning vinyl chloride does create dioxins. Well, look at that. Not can, not maybe, but does, period. Tremendous black plume, seen as the other guy was making the point about, the combustion process left lots of complex carbon behind. Residents, politicians, environmentalists, and public health professionals are all calling for state and federal environmental agencies to conduct testing, but they're not doing it. Once they are released, dioxins can stick around for in soil for decades. Okay, so we, if we know it can stick around for decades, we know that it can go thousands of miles, we know that this is happening, what's up for debate here? It seems pretty simple to me. They can contaminate plants, including crops. Great. So now it's not, you can't, you can't wash crops. I mean, I guess in some way you might be able to, but the point is this stuff is there. It has happened, and there is a problem. Now, just wait until we get to the reports of the illness. They, accumul- they accumulate up the food chain in oils and other fats. So this stuff can then end up in your processed foods, guys. In East Palestine, and then, by the way, their own processes add more. In East Palestine, it's possible that soot particles from the plume carried dioxins onto nearby farms where they could stick to the soil, said the expert. If you have grazing animals out in the fields, they'll pick up some of those dioxins from the soil particles. And so some of those gets into their bodies. And then that accumulates in their fat, which we just shown you will then pass to you when you eat it. Eventually, those dioxins could make their way up the food chain to human consumers. Bioaccumulation means that more dioxin can get into humans than what's found in the environment after the crash. The point being, it accumulates. It does not process. It stays in your body. So the more you eat, the more it accumulates. This is a building problem. They know this too. Burnbaum and Shetler agreed that residents have reason for concern about the toxins from the accident. So it seems like every expert everywhere, other than the EPA and the government, are going, this is a problem, and they just don't care. It takes between 7 and 11 years for the chemical to start to break down in the body of a person or an animal. 7 to 11 years. And that's just when it begins to break down. Thousands of miles already done. And dioxins have been linked with cancer, developmental problems in children and reproductive issues and infertility in adults, according to the National Institute for Environmental Health Sciences. It, as Still, Gungrich thought that other pr- potential health risks from the derailment, like the concern that exposure to vinyl chloride itself could cause cancer, may be more pressing than possible dioxins. Now, again, I I disagree with it only because of the time frame, but maybe I'm wrong. I wouldn't put it at the highest level on my list, he says. As with many environmental exposures, it would be hard to prove, and this is important, any dioxin present came from the derailment. As with many environmental exposures, it would be hard to prove dioxins came from the derailment. Why? Well, because they're present in a lot of ways in very much smaller degrees all over the place, it would seem, because of our governments allowing these things to be done knowing that it's dangerous seemingly 60 years ago or well it was what was it the date i forget now but decades ago <laughs> so that seems like a choice to me but my main point here this may explain why this was done again occam's razor if, and of course considering what may else have been on the train just as a hypothetical question, not knowing we can prove anything, that's my opinion. Just if there was, may have been something else they were trying to deal with, or this was just so obviously a problem they didn't want to deal, they wanted to cover it up. The point is, could it have been something else? And the choice was made to make this a dioxin problem because it's almost impossible to prove it came from the derailment. You know they know this stuff. So maybe vinyl chloride. Again, Occam's razor is where I was going with that. So simplest things. We don't need to make it more ob- abstract. We should ask the questions. But maybe vinyl chloride was such a severe problem, such an obvious, clear problem that would have that already did get into the soil, that already did get in everywhere. And if all was, if that's all that happened, you it would have been a no-brainer. Well, vinyl chloride, you're responsible, and you just killed this whole town. But instead They light it on fire in a way that guarantees dioxins will become the focal point as they now downplay that, knowing everybody knows about it. And then there you go. It becomes a thing where they go, well, dioxins is a problem. But guess what? Dioxins were already there. You can't prove it was us. Maybe it happened because of whatever. I mean, think about that. Just a thought. I'm not saying there's proof around any of it. Just a hypothetical realization that that my point is, it doesn't seem to be explainable right now why they would make these choices. It's like every single choice was the, the absolute worst possible decision that made it worse and worse and worse and worse. Sort of like the pandemic illusion. He says, I think that it would be virtually impossible to attribute any presence of dioxin to this particular burn. Think about that. Maybe this was the intentional release of these, knowing it was that dangerous, just because they might avoid accountability. But most experts thought it was important to test the soils for dioxins, even though that process can be difficult and costly. Oh, God forbid we should make them pay more. I, I can't even believe that's a sentence included. Who cares? Pay for it. You did this. In both the government and the company, you're responsible. I don't care how much it costs. Do the right thing, not the cost-effective thing. But see, that's how they think. The conditions are absolutely right for dioxins to have been formed, according to the expert. It's going to be terribly important to determine that from a public health perspective, and to reassure the community, and this is why they said we're not doing it, and still have it. That makes sense? It shouldn't. Here is one of the reports from 2019 about how they deal with this stuff. Now, this is an interesting overlap. This is specifically talking about the TCDDs, or the dioxin point, but how it overlaps with toxic, uh, specifically radioactive waste, Now, this may be neither here nor there, but I thought it was kind of interesting. What it says is hazardous material fact sheet, but specifically for dioxin disposal. Now, this happens a lot when they have, you know, when they're dealing with, you know, weapons, chemical weapons and otherwise, where there's potentially toxic radioactive material or burning of nuclear weapon armaments and so on. The point is it can cause these things, but that ends up being something that is both. What I found very interesting is what it says right here. At present, there are no treatment storage or disposal facilities that will even accept Radioactive waste, if it's mixed with dioxins. (laughs) Now, I may be reading too much into that, but think about what it says right there. So there's plenty of treatment storage places for radioactive waste, which is super serious. There's there's a few places for dioxin, which we're already seeing is more complicated than they want to tell you about. Or rather specifically, no, I take that back because again, I keep crossing over the vinyl chloride. I think they know what they're shipping. My point is they shipped that to the vinyl chloride place, which then shipped it back because they didn't have the right setup and so on. But this place can deal with radioactive waste, but dioxin? Ooh, that's a little too far. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's how I'm reading it, interpreting it. I mean, obviously, I think it's because these plants are, you know, specifically meant to deal with radioactive waste. Maybe dioxins are out of their wheelhouse. I don't know. I just found—I found that to be quite interesting. I think dioxins are far more dangerous than we even understand. That's just one of the reports. Here is a report on dioxin and dioxin-like compounds and a toxic equivalency. Same kind of thing. You can read this report, last updated March 30th, 2022. And you can find in here, essentially what this is about, and I'm just going to generally skip over it, but the point is that they're downplaying the equivalency. Like, I think a lot of effort's been done, even recently, to try to downplay the risk of all of this stuff. But this is what I find most important. Oh, well, oh I did have it open. Okay. Oh, I'm thinking of the other part of it. Anyway, so much information on this report. So here is the report they're talking about, the equivalency report. And here's what it says. Under Section 313 of the... Oh, and by the way, just so we're clear, this is uh, 2007. So yet again, very aware of dioxins and the risk. It says, under Section 313 of the Emergency Planning and Community Right to Know Act, I guess what they don't care about today, EPA is finalizing revisions of its re- the reporting requirements for the dioxin and even dioxin-like compounds. Which again, so they have this whole setup for how you're supposed to report this stuff. How is that even being applied now? Where is it? They're breaking at least that law right now. The current EPCRA section of 313 regulations require facilities to report dioxin and dioxin-like compounds in the units of total grams for entire category. Now, it largely applies to production, but I argue if the EPA is involved, it still matters when you're talking about what's being made. It's, and the, the bottom line is just, again, I think downplaying the overall risks. Oh, before we get past the dioxin part of it, what I was going to get into is the people being hurt by all of this, as well as a really alarming report about Agent Orange and the chemical part of that, which we're going to get into right now. I want to show you when you search for dioxin on CNN, which we just showed you. We just showed you all of their reports from the past. Here's the dioxin report from 1995. There's numerous reports on CNN in the past. Numerous reports on Times, Washington Post. They're all there. But let's just take CNN for an example. You can do this on most of them. Let's search for dioxin. Weirdly enough, that one article doesn't show up. Isn't that telling? Why wouldn't it? It's the only one that seems to have the most dioxin points. Weird, right? Just not there. Well, guess what? It's the first one you click on, Ukraine Fast Facts. That's interesting. Why would dioxin be mentioned in Ukraine? Well, this is where we opened up that rabbit hole. But guess what else? Guess what's also interesting? You click on this one. This one's a a zero. This is about a, a company in Japan. And you can see that, yes, dioxin is listed right there. That's why it showed up in the search. It's simply saying that this incinerator burning these things, but fumes contained unsafe levels of dioxin. In 1998. So as a point over and over again is that they are well aware this is a problem. Now, let's look at this one. Oh, weird. It it redirects to the homepage. That's actually why I had this open right here. That's strange, isn't it? Why would it redirect to the homepage? Isn't this a huge, important thing from October 6th about Ukraine fast facts? Well, I'm not saying I know that's why this was removed. I do find it interesting that one of the only references to dioxin on CNN suddenly gets removed right before. I'm, I'm just pointing something out. But we do have it on the way back machine. So here's, here's the article. Now, you ask yourself why this isn't included, why this is suddenly gone. It's just simply a timeline of the facts, what they say are the facts, which are mostly not, of what went on in Ukraine. Now, I'm going to cut to the chase. There's a lot in here I found interesting for other conversations and why they might not want this to be seen today, which always just seems to show you a level of outward dishonesty. But going back to 2004, guess what you find? In September 2004, opposition candidate Viktor Yushenko develops a mysterious illness which levels his, leaves his face pockmarked, and medical tests later show he's suffering from dioxin poisoning. Well, look at that. This has roundly been acknowledged as a chemical weapon attack. That's pretty telling, isn't it? Weird it's not there. Well, this got me forward. This was just in case I couldn't find it again. It's right there. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's right. This is something else. I, oh, that's right. This is one of the screenshots I took, just so I could remember to point this out. Slightly unrelated, but check this out. Here's what they say, and maybe this is why they deleted it. Here's what even CNN says about the timeline of Ukraine, which now they say something else. In March 2014, Crimea, their parliament, voted to hold a referendum on leaving Ukraine and becoming part of Russia. Here, I'll just show you on here. So It's easy to see. You can tell it's actually in here. Look at what it says. It says, oh, wait. Here we are. Wait, did that change? No way. Oh, okay, it's right here. Crimea's parliament votes to hold referendum on leaving Ukraine and become parts of Russia. Right? So, yes, that's what happened. And then March 16th, the Crimean referendum, 96.7% 96.7% vote in favor of leaving Ukraine and being annexed by Russia. Wait a minute. You you look at right now, they will scream that you're a Russian sympathizer if you say that's the fact, though. And even CNN reported it because it's easily provable. But today, apparently, Russia occupied Crimea and just took it because they're evil. And I mean, it's gotten so childishly dumbed down today, it blows my mind. But. Think about how stupid that is, how embarrassing that is. So they either know they're being dishonest by covering up what they once said, or, I mean, you, you put it together how you want. How ridiculous. But back to the point about the chemical weapon poisoning, using dioxin. Well, this is an article from USA Today. Who is Viktor Yushchenko? What you need to know about the former Ukrainian president. And remember, this, what's interesting, by the way, is we're going to talk about Agent Orange, in how basically Agent Orange was dioxin. That's the main, that's what made that dangerous. Well, Viktor Yushchenko was poisoned during what was called Orange Revolution. Found that interesting. Just connect these on where, who's behind a lot of these things. It says, test confirmed, confirmed that Yushchenko had been poisoned with dioxin, a chemical found in Agent Orange. In fact, again, I'll show you in a minute, like the primary point of it, according to the New York Times. So right now, the New York Times is downplaying dioxin as a risk or acting like we don't know for sure and only just barely wrote an article kind of going, oh, that was that, actually, that was the Washington Post. So all of the New York Times seems to be kind of downplaying that this is even happening, yet somehow they're able to discern this all the way back then and they know that it was enough to poison somebody in small doses. Doctors said his blood dioxin level was more than a 1,000 times normal and suggested he had eaten the poison. Now, a 1,000 times normal, remember, is only what was it, five grains? I'm trying to remember what that number was. They're just You know, one, one, 30, one share of a 32 million piece aspirin is the safe level for your lifetime. So understand that a thousand times that is a thousand times your lifetime safe dose. So it's even smaller than that. Either way, the point is, this is very clear. He was poisoned with dioxin. Now, who did it? You can question that for yourself. Even the timing of the politics, it's, it's hard to say. But this is what I found telling. To this day, there is no definitive answer as to how he was poisoned. But many pointed to a dinner he had with Ukrainian officials. Now they say, who had ties to Russia? Well, certainly they have ties to this. Maybe it was Russia. Certainly possible. But what stands out is not ties to somebody. I guarantee those officials at that point had ties to a lot of people. But what makes important point is that he had dinner with Ukrainian officials and then later died of doxin poisoning. Let that sink in. At a time when they were clearly being called out for what they were. Very, very, very telling. Now, here's another report. 2005. So this was written in 2022. The point on the poisoning was 2004. So 2005, it says political poisoning with dioxins, a weapon of chemical disgracefulness. This is also very important, as it all is today. The recent attempted attempt to poison Ukrainian President Viktor Yushchenko with dioxins raised public concern regarding this toxic chemical that we've all seemingly forgotten, apparently. Dioxins are extremely stable in the environment. That's a bad thing. They last forever and have a low turnover rate in the body. Also very bad. Sometimes they are detected years after the original exposure. So right now, if you were around the area when this happened, doesn't matter what they're telling you, it's most likely that you do have some exposure because you smelled it because it happened. Well, that's vinyl chloride. But the point about, you know, the fact that this is clearly a problem after everything we're seeing here. Years of the dioxins, the most notorious is the one we're dealing with tcdd almost seems like this is a choice guys dioxins exhibit high acute toxicity in various animal species and humans however are considered less susceptible to death and so far there were no reported deaths following acute poisoning nevertheless numerous adverse health effects are attributed to dioxin exposure the most prominent is what we just talked about the chloracne an acute acne form eruption usually appearing on the face and the skin that's what we that we're seeing everywhere which is a problem that means reasonably high levels now what what's also concerning to me here this point stands out to me that if it seems most likely that, that unless it's like higher than we're seeing now that in most senses that you're not going to die it seems no death been reported from even acute poisoning However, it causes long-lasting, serious health problems. Doesn't that kind of seem perfect for something trying to cover up other long-lasting health problems? You're, so that mo- Nobody seems to die, apparently, but they're all going to get super sick. And then th- that, that can be the... I mean, I'm just thinking outside the box. Nothing proves that. And because of that, we shouldn't be saying that's the case, but it's certainly possible. When I say nothing proves it, nothing proves that this was done to cover up like COVID side effects, right? Or rather, injection side effects. But it's a fair question, knowing what they're capable of. The reason I say it like that is there's a lot of people out there that will happily jump to that's what happened, America's under attack, that's all happening, when certainly possible. And I'm happy to entertain that conversation, but plenty of people jumped the gun, as with all these. And I don't think I think it's intentional. There are grifters out there trying to use things like this to grow their own share, and it's clearly working for a lot of people. In any case, it says other long-term deleterious effects of toxic of dioxin include. Think of the overlap here. Immunosuppression, effects on reproduction, impairment in developmental, neurological, and cognitive function in infants, increased risk for diabetes and cardiovascular diseases, and various hormonal alterations. I mean, this is like a one-stop It's a perfect overlap. Dioxins manifest their toxicity in extremely low concentrations. Yeah, You know, I think this has been... The first article we read, everything about this, guys, this is over. I just don't know how we can hear all this and walk away thinking that, you know, low concentrations, potentially thousands of miles that they burn, amazing amounts of this stuff. 10 days go by. It's clear something's going on. Until now, it says there is no anecdotal cure, excuse me, antidotal cure for dioxins. That's unfortunate. But only symptomatic treatment combined with techniques that accelerate its excretion rate from the body. It's like just the worst possible thing. Here is the overlap with Agent Orange. We're still in like the chemical weapon kind of conversation, right? The way this could be used intentionally. Agent Orange, according to the Aspen Institute, was an herbicide mixture. That was, I think, the cover for this, used by the U.S. military during the Vietnam War. And the point I say that is because once it became clear it was hurting people, it still kept being used. Much of it, you know, I mean, the argument could be that they wanted to, you know, get rid of the foliage of Vietnam, which was hindering their process. I mean, that's all these you know, surface level points. I just don't buy that. I really don't, especially since we can see it's been used further going forward as the weapon. It says much of it contained a dangerous chemical contaminant called dioxin. So from the rest of this forward, 90% of what they're talking about is specifically dioxin connection. It says production of Agent Orange ended in the 1970s and is no longer in use. So we're told the dioxin, see that the right skips right over the dioxin contaminant, however, from what they used continues to have harmful impacts today. So in 1970s, the U.S. government uses dioxins to you know to a level that we're seeing. Like think about what just happened: over a million tons of this stuff. If I'm remembering that correctly, but there's been back and forth, but you know obscene amounts of this burned in the worst way possible. So I argue it's actually questionable whether what they used with Agent Orange, which was simply involved dioxin. Is less than what we're seeing today. That's just my opinion based on what we can see. But either way, they used something that included dioxins in 1970, and the contamination continues to this very day. And that's not supposed to be related. That's not supposed to relate to what we're dealing with. As many U.S. Vietnam era veterans know themselves because they got drenched with it also, dioxin is a highly toxic and persistent organic pollutant. That's the POP, persistent organic pollutant linked to cancers, diabetes, birth defects, and other disabilities. The Red Cross, because I know we can trust them, right, estimates that 3 million Vietnamese have been affected by dioxin, including at least 150,000 children born with serious birth defects. Guys, you have seen the whole, I mean, I don't know if this is even worth showing. This is pretty rough. Let me see. I didn't show the, the depleted uranium one for that same reason. I mean, I should just because it deserves to be seen. I want to see the images for Agent Orange? Yeah, I mean, it's not it's it's pretty rough, but it's not as bad as the other one. So this is what we're talking about now. Just to make this clear, like this child born with no eyes, this baby born with all these weird—all of these—are Agent Orange, but long-term effects. Look at this stuff. It's—I mean, it's rough. I don't—I don't want to keep going just in case it gets even more disgusting. Right? Okay. So the point bring this back here is that 70 years have gone by and that's still happening which could potentially be a less serious contamination and this is a part of it whereas today that's seemingly the the main focus as far as i can tell and so that is what we're talking about agent orange products you just looked at that's that's diox that's dioxin side effects and you're dealing with it today Hopefully not, but that's what seems to be the case. It says, again, 150,000 children born like that. Millions of Americans and Vietnamese are still affected directly and indirectly by the wartime spraying of this back then, today. It says Agent Orange was sprayed up to 20 times the concentration of the manufacturers recommended for killing plants. So there's your example of why it was very clear this was not meant to be a herbicide. That's meant to hurt people. The chemical dioxin in Agent Orange can remain toxic in the soil for decades. Some soils at three of the former military bases did have very high concentrations of dioxin. So even the places where they stored this stuff still shows, in in some cases, high levels. But they're going to try to tell you what just happened is not concerning, and we're not even testing for it yet. They know all of this. It says about dioxin. Its chemical name, and this is where we're getting at, this is what we're dealing with, the TCDD part of this. This one version, but that's the one we're talking about. It is a persistent organic pollutant. TCDD is the most toxic of about 419 types of similar toxic compounds, which include PCBs. The effects of dioxin exposure on human health and particularly indirect effects on unborn generations continue to be controversial subjects today. Unless we're talking about the obvious contamination in Ohio and then we pretend like we know nothing. The lifespan of dioxin, the half-life, of dioxin depends on its location in human bodies. The half-life is 11 to 15 years. So we just showed you how it accumulates in animals. It builds up, you eat them and accumulates in your body. And so as it continues to accumulate, the half-life of that at all is 11 to 15 years. That's assuming you don't even have a high level. I shouldn't have said it like that. Cause it's the same either way. But the point is that the high level is obviously like, you could have a small amount that would still have a half-life of 11, 15 years and maybe not hurt you immediately but we know it's worse than that, though it can be as high as 20 years. According to the Aspen Institute you know, government, in the environment, the half-life varies depending on the type of soil and the depth of penetration. So we're talking dioxins here, not necessarily, not at all, vinyl chloride. So it's not about what was on the ground necessarily when they dumped it and burned it. It's about what burned in. But I would argue that burning it on the ground probably made that easy to go into the ground. But that could be even longer. It says sun will break down dioxin. So on leaf and soil surfaces, it will last one to three years. So think about that. Even if it's in the air and they're arguing, no, it didn't. Now, okay. Going back to what the EPA said in the beginning today, right? Didn't they? Didn't the EPA just knowingly lie to us and tell us, no, this dissipated in the atmosphere. No, it didn't. According to their own experts. No, even when it's directly in the sun, it lasts one to three years. And no, it doesn't float back up. It's it dense. It goes down. It falls. It drifts back down with the dust particles. Dust particles alone drift back down, let alone added to something else. Dioxin burned or leached, which is what we're dealing with, under the surface or deep in the sediment of rivers and other bodies of water, can have a half-life of more than 100 years. Let me read that again. Dioxins burned can have a half-life of more than 100 years. My God. Well, of course, that relates. The point. Let me read it exactly. Dioxins burned under the surface or deep in the sediment of rivers. Oh no, right there and other bodies. That's weird how that sentence works. I'll just read it entirely. So just in case it sounds like a myth, dioxins burned or leached under the surface or deep in the sediment of rivers. All of those are applying, and other bodies of water can have a half life. A half life of a hum more than a hundred years. God, that just. I mean, even just right in this moment. I mean, I'm kind of blown away about how obviously serious this is. So that means potentially 200 years entirely, if it's not more than that. This is from 2012. That's why it's being stated. In regard to the chemical weapons part of this, here is just an example in 2013, showing you that when they burn their chemical weapons, when they pretend they're getting rid of them, I would argue, it produces dioxins. And here's what it says. They're talking about Agent Orange as one of them. Studies commissioned by the Pentagon were unable to conclusively determine that returning veterans' health problems or birth defects in their children were caused by a dioxin. Of course, the plausible deniability. No, no, no. It wasn't what we did to them. It's something else. We know this is what the same with the plated uranium. It hurt them too. We're seeing it. Nevertheless, in 1984, seven chemical firms accepted liability after being sued and agreed to pay $180 million to soldiers who had experienced dioxin exposure or Agent Orange. So, no, we don't know, but we're going to go ahead and pay you out $180 million? No, this was silence money, guys. This is money being paid because these people were affected by what they knew was happening. That's how I read it. Either way, they knew about it all the way back then. Same point. Now, in the interest of time, I've got about 45 minutes. I was going to say it at the end, too, before I'm going to be joining on Grand Theft World tonight. I want to see, you know what? I think I can get through this pretty quick. I want to read this, at least this first paragraph. This is another post. From, I believe it was, where was the date? I had it somewhere in here. Well, these are 2012, 2012. So most of these, you know, same time frame. Dioxins and furans, the most toxic chemicals known to science. (laughs) But they're not even testing for them, right? Dioxins and furans are some of the most toxic chemicals known to science. A draft report released for public comment in 1994... by, of course, the EPA, who pretends not to know about this today, clearly describes dioxin as a serious public health threat. The EPA themselves described it as a dioxin, as a serious public health threat, but apparently today they're not even testing for it. The public health impact of dioxin may rival the impact of DDT, which was also involving dioxins, had on public health in the 1960s. According to the EPA report, not only does there appear to be no safe level of exposure to dioxin, According to the EPA's own report, which is linked right down here. But levels of dioxin and dioxin-like chemicals have been found in the general U.S. population that are, quote, at our near levels associated with adverse health effects. No safe level of exposure. Fantastic. Dioxin is a general term that describes a group of hundreds of chemicals that are highly persistent in the environment. And we've gone over that. The main one we're dealing with today is TCDD. Now, it says... Oh, yeah. So dioxin was the primary toxic component of Agent Orange. That was found at a lot of these different locations. Oh, it was found at this one location in New York and became the basis for evacuations at Time Beach, uh, Missouri. uh, Missouri? M-O? Is Missouri? I forget. In any case, the point is, this was the same discussion we had with the other uh, substack we read. And the point is that I think it was also Caponillo. That this location had dramatically less of exposure And they shut it down for decades and it's barely even open today. It's a toxic waste area. (laughs) This is the same stuff. And that's how they dealt with it then. Sort of like swine flu with five, you know, the points like we overlap. Past injections were shut down with 10 problems. Today we've got 20,000. It's no, we don't know for sure. They don't care about your safety today. And I don't think they did ever did, really, but things have shifted quite a bit. Dioxin is formed. By burning chlorine-based chemical compounds with hydrocarbons. And we know that happened. No question. The major source of dioxin in the environment comes from the waste-burning incinerators of various sorts, also from backyard burn barrels. Dioxin pollution is also affiliated with paper mills, chlorine bleaching. You know, so these things happen naturally, but not naturally, I would argue. The government still allows them to, though. This was something they knew would happen. Does it cause cancer? Yes. The EPA report confirmed dioxin can cause cancer hazard to people. In 1997... The International Agency for Research on Cancer, part of the WHO, of all places, published their research into dioxins and furans and announced in 1987 that the most potent dioxin, the one we're dealing with, TCDD, is now considered a group one carcinogen, meaning that it is known human it can cause cancer. I just don't even know why we need to continue. It's so very, very clear. And it goes on to tell you what the problems are, and everything we've already talked about, hormonal, heart problems, how we're exposed to dioxin, then it goes over all the different stuff that is already happening. The bottom line is, they told you this back then, the EPA. And as I just pointed out the last show, even an expert on The Guardian is speaking up and saying, Biden must declare a state of emergency, which I don't want to happen. I don't want any more states of emergency. But what it means is this expert is on the ground. He's basically on, on the ground, but on the story telling you that what's happening in Ohio is, is dioxin. It's dangerous and people are being hurt by it. The doc, no, that wasn't this one, but the point is he talks about the byproducts. Oh, that's right. When I talked about this last time, he's mentioning the same point. Burning is the problem and, and so on, that it created the disaster. That's what the whole point of this is. He doesn't mention dioxins or maybe the Guardian left it out. In any case, it's the same point he's making. And this is actually a really great article. He makes it very clear that they're lying to you. That he Right down at the bottom, I'm trying to find it real quick, he basically says that's always what happens. They always lie. The government always downplays it. It's the same thing we're hearing everywhere. This was the 18th. Is, this is what's happening. I think it's very clear. Now let's finish with the risks and what people are dealing with. Or rather not, the, the visible problems. Now this is an article from DC News Now. It says, what is it? People in Maryland... West Virginia, find mysterious dust on cars. Now, could this be something else? Yes. Always the way to start. Obviously, it could just be their argument they're going to tell you in the video is, well, it's a dust cloud from Nevada or whatever else they're saying. Not Nevada, whatever state they argue. The point is that that seems like a quite a stretch when you actually read what they're... Well, we will read this first, and you actually listen to what they're saying. He says people were quick to share pictures and videos of the coatings. It's very strange. The main point? It was falling like snow. That's not in dust falling I've ever seen. And what is not what they're going to understand from history. Like it's these, these states have not had these problems in the past like this. When you listen to the people, to them, they've never seen this before. But yet the government steps in and goes, no, no, that's the thing that happens all the time. Well, they, they're going, no, this is abnormal. I asked my husband if it was from our stove and he said, no, it's happening all over Berkeley County. Let's watch the video.
0: It started coating cars in Western Maryland and the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia, and residents were trying to figure out what it was. It was too warm for snow, but something was falling from the sky. Stephen Cohen caught up with some folks who said they never saw anything like it. West Virginia. County, West Virginia
3: 911. What's the address of the emergency? We were um, told to call 911 for the West Virginia Department of Environmental Protection because we have that film stuff all over our cars and it's in the air here. Thursday evening, residents in western Maryland and the eastern panhandle of West Virginia started noticing a dust on their cars. Around 11 p.m., Sherry Miller's husband said he saw something in the driveway. He took
2: the flashlight out and showed me my car, and there's a dusting on it, and it's falling from the sky. We have no idea what it is.
3: Some said it looked like ash. Others were sure it was just dust, but the question... I was
2: wondering where it's coming from, and I asked him, I said, is it... Um, ash from the food stove and he said no he said it's all
3: over berkeley county and in neighboring counties concerned residents began calling emergency services jennifer swisher director of the berkeley county emergency communications office says they received about a dozen calls but the question is what was it this was
1: likely dust from the desert southwest this very strong storm system causing all of the wintry weather okay you get the point so we have no idea, but we're going to go ahead and guess that it was the thing that's not dangerous. Great. That's what news does. Obfuscate. Play it down. Right. It, it, why wouldn't we go? Well, maybe it could be the problem that we're not even testing for. Maybe that could be the dust and dioxin problem we just discussed. But nope, I'm not saying we know that. But what I'm saying is we should find out, shouldn't we? And not just take this weird hairstyle at its face value. I mean, come on. I mean, that seems pretty silly to me. But back to the point is that you can actually read this and listen to what they're saying. And these guys, these people are going, this is not dust. I can see it. I'm looking at it. This is not normal. We haven't seen this before. And the problem is we have evidence from what they've said in the past. Thousands of miles, CNN says, that can go in conjunction with the EPA back in 1995. We know that the half-life, it can be up to 100 years if it's burned, if it's in the water. All of this is happening. And we know that they burned it. It went up in the sky. We saw the cloud. We saw it drift. We saw all of this stuff. There is no debating that this happened. So at the very least, we should go, is that this or is it too far away? But they won't even engage with this conversation. Here's the video if you want to watch it for yourself. Here is a report from NBC News. This reports on the 25th, yesterday, residents near Ohio train derailment diagnosed, not report, diagnosed with ailments associated with chemical exposure, including bronchitis. So they're proving this. And now having to admit, at least in the small area, which is the time we just went through the progression we just discussed. At first, nothing to see here. At the next, they downplay the risk, you know, and then they blame it on something. So here we are, where they're going, no, no, it's just in this one mile area. But didn't you just tell us a moment ago it wasn't even the problem? Just like with the COVID thing, same game. So at the moment we see them contradict their previous 100% statement, nothing else should be going. for. We shouldn't trust them anyway, guys. We should never take them at face value. But when you catch them in the lie, don't just jump to the next lie. Wait and go, hold on a minute. If it wasn't safe then, that means if you're telling me it's dangerous now, that means it wasn't safe the first day we came back. And arguably to a much larger degree. It says medical professionals suspect that some people's headaches, rashes, that is the rash we're talking about, and respiratory problems are related to the release of hazardous chemicals. Dioxin? Nope. Not a single mention of accident in this article. Go figure. Residents and workers near the site where a train carrying hazardous chemicals derailed this month has been diagnosed with bronchitis and other conditions that doctors and nurses suspect are linked to chemical exposure. Melissa Blake, who lives within a mile of the crash site in East Palestine, Ohio, said she started coughing up gray mucus and was struggling to breathe on February 5th, but it gets closer today, two days after the Norfolk Southern drain derailed. All right, so understand, that's when the time when they were just recommending this. They knew there was a problem in general. Even before it was burned, understand, this was a dangerous chemical that was vaporing and leaking and bubbling out of these trains. And so there was a problem. They knew this. They kept it under wraps even then. That day, she evacuated her home of her own accord and also went to the emergency room where she was diagnosed with acute bronchitis due to chemical fumes, which proves that even on February on February 5th, not even, but on February 5th, that people in the area We're being affected by this. So that's an easy thing to understand, which then speaks to the potential long-term problems here of even the vinyl chloride in the ground, understand. At uh, CERMAFAB, a manufacturing company adjacent to the derailment site, get this, five of its 10 workers were too sick to work as of Tuesday. That's this week, guys, or rather last week. So we're not talking about February 5th here. This says, as of Tuesday, 10 of his workers were still too sick to even come back. Yang's employees resumed work on February 13th, but after about two days, they started dropping like flies. That's when they're swearing up and down that you're good, there's no problem, we're testing the air, we're testing the water, but apparently most of his employees, or rather at least 10 of them, dropped like flies after coming back to work after the 13th. How do you misunderstand that? People ended up with rashes, nausea, vomiting, bloody nose, eye issues, all of which they dismissed in the beginning. A lot of coughing, wheezing, he said. We sent a lot of workers to the hospital to get checked out. And sure enough, in most cases, it was a diagnosis of chemical bronchitis. Even the people we're talking about as of now, they were put on five different kinds of pills, including steroids. Some guys have to use inhalers. It's pretty bad. They're complaining of burning to their lungs, nasal drainage, eyes burning, throat pain. That's right now. Unknown rashes that have started since they've been back to their homes, since they went back after being assured it was safe. Burning, throat pain, rashes, all of it. And don't forget that the chlor- that, when we're talking about the rash, that's vinyl chloride. If that's the same thing we're talking about, and I believe it is. That the idea that that high of a level causing rashes suggests that it's a high enough level to cause problems. As we just went over in their reports, none of this today is subjective. It's that we're showing their old reports and showing you what we're dealing with today. It says apart from breathing issues, some local residents have reported headaches, nausea, rashes. It says the Mer- uh, wait, make sure didn't skip one. Oh, there's more. Okay, it says the Mercy Health Network includes a primary care office in East Palestine and a hospital twenty minutes outside of the town. Kravak said the network had seen more patients from East Palestine in the past few weeks than it had over the past few months. But it's totally safe. As of Monday, the EPA said their municipal water was safe to drink. And indoor air quality screenings from more than 550 homes did not exceed safety standards. Don't feel good about their standards. And air quality in the community remains normal, whatever that means. So I love how they say over here, safe to drink. But down here they go standard, normal. That doesn't make me feel good. So as long so as long as the government says that's an okay level, then we pretend that's safe, even though we know it's not. That's kind of how that game gets played. When they go back home, this is so important. Her patients have demonstrated signs of continued, continued chemical exposure. This report is from yesterday. When they go back home, their symptoms get worse. Oh, wait, did I say that? Let me share say that wrong. Yeah, yesterday, 25th. It says, when they go back home, their symptoms get worse, or their lungs are burning more, or they feel like they can't catch their breath. That is yesterday, in their homes. Those kind of things, she says. So it's showing consistently that when they leave, they're better. When they go back, they feel worse. Do we really need to pretend we don't know what's going on? Wendy Snyder, a registered nurse who lives in East Palestine, and realize we're not getting into Democrat, Republican, right? She had experienced a sore throat and a metallic taste in her mouth, which her doctor said certainly seems related to the chemical exposure, according to the physicians. It says Snyder said her headaches improve when she goes to work at a hospital in Pennsylvania, about 20 miles from her house. I don't feel safe in my own home, she says. I'm afraid to be there. At a Senate hearing in Pennsylvania on Thursday, Lori Miller, who has lived in East Palestine for nearly 30 years, A member of the government said she has developed a rash on her face, there it is again, and experienced dizziness and burning eyes. I'm telling you guys, that's what this is. This is a vital chloride rash being caused by what we're seeing, which to me suggests that it's not dissipated. Now, I'm not the expert, so that's just my opinion. It says her home is located roughly one third of of a mile from the derailment site. So she is in the internal area that they still tell you is safe, which argues, you know, that's the least likely to be safe, but... And it's clearly affecting her quite effect quite seriously Melissa Boyer who lives who lives less than 250 feet from the derailment site said her 19 year-old daughter is having difficult breathing or difficulty breathing and has to use an inhaler several times a day Boyer Boyer said she herself has had persistent headaches and burning sensation in her mouth my god I would not stay there if that was and her medical chart under issues addressed her doctor wrote toxic effect of gas exposure that's yesterday. This is what's happening. It's being covered up. This is NBC, for crying out loud. How can you say our air quality and our water is safe when we're having all these people with symptoms and health issues? No comment. (laughs) This is painful. Now, here is the example I made before about how even the fact check on USA Today from the 16th pointed out that the... the I'll show you who Maguire is in a second, has received reports from more than 20 families as of the thirteenth. So a lot of them have come back and have found their animals are are having problems, especially the ones that were left there, but the ones that even came back are being diagnosed with vinyl chloride poisoning. And here is just to show you what they left out in that report. Oh, well, by the way, I'll include this. I won't play it again. But this is just that video we played before showing you all the foxes being sick pretty far away, having problems with their eyes. And you can read the whole thing for yourself. This was on the 9th. Here is the Humane Society. And here, by the way, here's the report even from corporate media saying that this, this woman has been taking in residents' animals, and this is what she's finding. This is as of the 15th. The Columbia County Humane Society, that's what we're dealing with, talking about. And I, I've been trying to reach her. I'm, I think it's Sunday. I couldn't get older. I'm going to try to reach out again tomorrow. Executive Director Teresa McGuire said the Humane Society, as of Monday afternoon, had received reports from more than 20 families. But that number is constantly climbing, and some of those families have had multiple animals. She didn't have an exact number. My phone was ringing off the hook all day. We don't have any evidence of non-aquatic animals, says the other person. The same point I made on the USA Today. Think about the ignorance, the willful of ob- the willful obfuscation it takes to, in the face of an, a veterinarian herself proving that they have been infected or you know contaminated with vinyl chloride, and are sick from it. And then have this person go, no, 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 there's no evidence. You mean as- aside from the evidence she just told? That's just narrative. That's like, no, no, narrative, not what you said. Yeah, there's evidence. It's all over the place. All of this is evidence. All of the reports, all of the images, all of the sh- You Even if you can't verify them, that still constitutes evidence. But here is where we prove it. By the way, for those that are in the area and want to reach out to this person, whether to, help your, to have your animals, maybe safe area. I don't even know if their area is safe, but maybe have not Watch out for them or maybe test with them because you can reach out to them and they'll do tests. It says those who would like to share their story so they can add it to what they're doing. You can email them at the email right here or you can call them at 234-575-7177. It says several of the animals, McGuire said, were diagnosed by their veterinarian with vinyl chloride poisoning. Let me say it again. The, di- the veterinarian diagnosed these animals with vinyl chloride poisoning. That's pretty obvious. You can't miss that. Vinyl chloride. And again, if they're claiming this never even was a risk to, to the people enclosed or whatever else, they're, they're lying. Vinyl chloride was one of the toxic chemicals released and burned on February 6th. One of them. McGuire said the Humane Society has gotten reports of sick animals as far as seven miles outside the zone. Seven miles, which is completely confirmed. Even the CNN said thousands of miles if you burn it. People within one mile radius of the derailment were ordered to evacuate last week, but since have returned, which is ridiculous. The Humane Society got one report of a small dog whose hind legs became paralyzed after the burn. A dog lives right outside the evacuation zone, and its veterinarian said it had poisoning of some kind. So there's multiple veterinarians that are proving this. The dog has regained some movement in its legs, but it is still not back to full strength. McGuire said another report from the Humane Society received was from someone who has several chickens. That appeared to have chemical burns and losing feathers. Another dog that was diagnosed with vinyl chloride poisoning has had high eye problems. Think about this. This is real. And this definitely happening. Now, to finish, here is a report from updated February 24th. Youngstown lab testing for vinyl chloride, seeing high demand. This is where it's obvious, not only they're not testing for what they need to be testing for, but they're they're only dealing with people that come to them, at least in this case. Demand is high right now to get the water tested in East Palestine. News 5 investigators got one lab in Youngstown that is testing for vinyl chloride. It says Cardinal Environmental Labs has run roughly 10 years worth of samples in just the last two weeks. It says the uh, uh, PLUF is the name is the only person at the lab certified by the Ohio EPA to run a, these kind of tests the only person kind of makes sense that we might deal with that ahead of time right no just the one guy that's enough it says they're at about 200 tests right now just from this area one chemical he's testing for is vinyl chloride but guess what they're not testing for you guessed it the oxen it says but that's not the only concern the vinyl chloride and a lot of people have also requested benzene there's a particular concern that came up later in terms of oil that may have escaped. Again, that's the argue, That's the question about all the other things that are they're not even testing for or that were on the train. Again, that you can look up for yourself. There's a lot of other things on here that, that in some cases you can prove leaked as they'll write. It says right here, small leak right there. Oil. There's a lot of stuff that also had a problem and they, they guess they didn't care to burn that or light it on fire or, you know, It clearly there's more going on in the story. But the main point for me it says, but the private labs could only do so much. Drinking water tests aren't regulated for four of the other chemicals that leak from the train. So there are four chemicals that they know leaked that they don't even regulated to test for. But it's all good, though, right? You're safe. Go home. They are testing for, oh, at the point it says, the good news is hazardous chemicals that they're testing for haven't shown up. That's the point. That's the way to read that. Again, testing started. I think the Monday after the incident. No, we have not reported any of the compounds that we're looking for. Yeah, that's not. That's not okay. That's not. Does not make me feel good. It says my biggest thing is that they tell you one thing, everything's safe, everything's fine, but we're seeing another thing. They're feeling another thing. It says Miller has a farm himself, where she, uh, where she where uh, where she weighs two chickens and their rabbits died. Why well, did I read that? Miller has a farm where she, anyway, where she says that two, oh, it probably says that two chickens and three rabbits died 48 hours after the derailment. This is the most consistent thing you're going to see around all this. It's everywhere. And they're just downplaying it like everything else they do. So the point is, that if they're not even testing for all this, and they just confirm for you they're not even regulated the test for what's even known. It's obvious this is not being truly investigated. And I want to play you a couple of clips here at the end. Remember this, this guy, Drama, I believe is his name was early on this story. So not only do I want to play you some of the other things he said, I want to finish with something he updates about how this story has evolved. And even right now, there are people that are going back to his original video and playing that as if that's the current information. And this story has definitely evolved since then. So you'll see his point. And there's something he says in here that even seem to contradict what I think is happening. So it's, you guys, come to your own conclusions, as always. Here's what he has to say
3: things to me is that for the past two weeks, I have been on the front of everything related to the East Palestine crash. I was the first one to call out that we are not being told the truth here. And I have all these people who've been following this for like a couple days who believe that the government got to me because I'm saying vinyl chloride is not an issue. Or at least it's not the biggest issue that we have at play now. And honestly, we are at a point of complexity in the situation now that if you do not have at least a couple years of university education in physics and chemistry, you're probably going to get a lot of stuff wrong when you're covering this. The documents being released by the Ohio EPA, the federal government, and the railroad are not meant to be understandable by lay people. So when you're seeing people reading documents that they don't know how to read. It's easy to understand why people are getting so many things wrong. Now, I'm not saying that vinyl chloride was not a big deal. It was a huge deal. But the thing is now we have bigger deals. There was at least 60,000 gallons of oil. This isn't crude oil. We actually are pretty good at cleaning up crude oil. This is a refined lubricant product. Most petroleum lubricants have a lot of additives put in them, and they're often proprietary chemicals that have never been studied. This is why I think it's so insane that everyone's so focused on vinyl chloride. Right now, we have. Z-
1: I still wonder why he hasn't talked about dioxins. Like he's talked about other byproducts. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's maybe we're all wrong. I mean, I, I definitely don't think that. I think the evidence was very clear today that it's very dangerous, and they've always known that. But it's weird that he. I haven't maybe I haven't seen everything he's done either. So maybe he has. But my point is that. This has evolved, but people are... St- I'll, I'll let him finish. He's explaining it well.
3: Zero indication that vinyl chloride is a present issue. We have zero indication that hydrogen chloride... Is- well,
1: I, take, I take it back, though. That I, I think we just saw examples. If people right now are having animals diagnosed with vinyl chloride sickness after the 13th, I guess... I mean, that maybe that's lasting from before when it happened, and they just are still sick. That would make sense. But I don't know. I, I, just question everything.
3: And phosgene are a present issue. We don't have any indication that dioxins are not a present issue. And we have a lot of evidence.
1: How did I miss that? I just watched this. Hold on.
3: This is why I think it's so insane that everyone's so focused on vinyl chloride. Right now, we have zero indication that vinyl chloride is a present issue. We have zero indication that hydrogen chloride and phosgene are a present issue. We don't have any indication that dioxins are not a present issue. Right. And
1: we have a lot of evidence. I don't know how I missed that. I must have been typing and working. Well, that's crazy. So I'm really glad he said that. So that's huge. So this is exactly where I am. I feel like we're like exactly on the same page with where this is going personally, like maybe small differentiation.
3: Both what the EPA has said and what the railroad has said, that they buried a ton of toxic, poisonous oil in the ground to open the railroad.
1: Now, the argument there is that that also included some vinyl chloride. I've seen that reported. Whether that's inaccurate or not is, is up for debate because this is how crazy this all is. They're keeping it depth to the chest on purpose. But my, my point, though, is if vinyl chloride in some cases got buried, wouldn't that argue that there would then be a continually lasting problem to some degree? Just as a side point. But maybe that's because it wasn't vinyl chloride, but that's something the corporate media got wrong. You know, that's also possible. But I believe there was some level of it either way.
3: The thing is the railroad probably loves that you're talking about vinyl chloride because they know that they can prove that there isn't any vinyl chloride by obsessing over vinyl chloride and phosgene and all the over sensationalization of all of that stuff you guys are missing out that they bury poison you have to understand
1: right see this is the point i was making before it's like we're skipping we're missing the forest for the trees we are ignoring the most blatant obvious on the face criminal act because one side's trying to connect it to something larger for conspiratorial discussions, which we should be asking, and the other side's downplaying it entirely. So people in the middle are trying to be objective, are getting ignored. And it's like, that's that we can ask bigger questions, but that's a criminal act right there. That's enough. Right? I mean, that's just, blo- that's crazy. I'm really glad he's saying this.
3: Stan, unlike vinyl chloride and phosgene that want to break down in our atmosphere, there are potentially chemicals in this oil that's been buried in the ground that are going to last there for longer than any of us will be alive. Right. These chemicals could continue to leach into the water table for decades.
1: And just to be clear, he, right there at the end, I don't believe he's even talking about dioxins. He's talking about the oil and what those compounds can cause in their own right. There are other toxic chemicals. Either way, it seems like exactly what we're getting into, right? Here's the next one. There's a few a few of these. Your cars two weeks
3: after this. It's not related to this. There's a meteorologist on TikTok that explained that there was a big
1: dust kick up in Southern Ohio two weeks after the explosion. But I, I again, I just don't think that makes sense. But again, I would argue he knows more about this than I do in the general concept of the chemicals and so on. So take it as you will. Carried dust to the East Coast.
3: AQI in New York and New Jersey. Guys, look at your AQIs more often there's so much pollution in that region. Same thing with the Rust Belt. Part of the reason they don't want us talking about this is because we might realize how polluted our environment is.
1: Right, right, exactly. Now, one alternative point could be that they are making us talk about all this so they can roundabout justify actions going forward. Or maybe that's just a byproduct of using the crisis. I mean, there's a lot of ways you could look at this. We need to question everything. And just because something happens, don't don't be led by the nose into the next conversation, right? They want you to justify reimagining everything they're trying to break down right now, whether or not this was designed. They haven't said a word about the oil spill. That's what you should worry about. The oil. It might not show up in well water for years. For years. My God. Right. Exactly. And they just downplay a lot of this. But, you know, I think we have seen examples of that dust sediment in areas where it has been problematic, right? So it could just be a coincidence. Maybe not. Think for yourself.
3: Who's going to be running the clinic? It's going to be HHS, Ohio EPA, Ohio Department of Health, and the U.S. EPA. I also just want to point out that the Ohio EPA director, she was an attorney for a power company before she was the head of the EPA. She's appointed by Governor DeWine, a corporate lawyer with an MBA running the EPA.
1: Right, because that's not compromising at all, right? Here's the last one.
3: Everyone coming to me for content about East Palestine and everyone sharing my videos, I please implore you to stop sharing old information. The first video that I posted, which is the most viral, has tons of information that is not incorrect, but it's outdated and not really relevant anymore. By all estimations, all the hydrochloric acid is gone. I do think that the evacuation zone and shelter-in-place order zone should have been bigger, and I suspect that in the reports, they'll agree. But that info is a week old. The vinyl chloride is most likely all gone. Our concerns right now are the petroleum, the 2-EHA, and the ethyl glycol monobutyl because they still haven't been accounted for. Also, the butyl acrylates. I'm working on a video digging into the remediation plans and some big red flags that I see in it. But guys, you guys have to stop sharing these old, this old content. It's turning into misinformation at this point. Now, I'm really at a challenge because I part of me wants to delete that video, but I feel like deleting that video will only just further lead into disinformation. So, I just need everyone, if you see these old videos talking about the acid cloud, please let people know that that's old information and please stop sharing it, especially journalists. This information's a week old and it's
1: outdated. Think about that, guys. Now, that's the real point for me. You, he, he shouldn't need to sit up there and be like, do your due diligence, everybody. <laughs> like, of course, that's the point. Anybody out there that looks at this old, you know, 14 day old video and doesn't care to look at what might have happened since or what he's saying afterward. Doesn't deserve your attention or credit. I mean, think about that. That's and that's what most of the corporate media does. So I'm I, I think what he and by the way credit to all the world's a stage for all four of those videos. And what I think is important is to realize that we're all trying to make sense of what's happening here. And that's why I'm often telling you that look, I this is my opinion. And that's important when I say that because I'm just trying to theorize, and which is okay. But as long as those theorize, that when you theorize, it doesn't then become the standing point for your next point. Like you have to make sure we're aware of what we don't know and what we're guessing about and let that stay where it is and be okay saying, I don't know. But what he's saying there, I mean, I'm completely in line with everything he's saying right now. I do think largely that has been, dissip- that's the point about two different disasters, right? This one has largely dissipated. I just have a asterisk next to whether or not there was some on the ground and whether that might mean something longer, but then the dioxin as well as all the chemicals he's talking about, which rightly need to be pointed out. I'm still just fixating on the dioxin part because I believe that's the real issue here. I believe that is the most obvious, possibly most intentionally, ob- like intentionally, most intentional problem we've seen. I just don't know how they could have made these series of choices, which led to exactly the worst thing possible happening without some level of cover up, whether it's just to hide the other cover, the other ca- disaster or something else or, or, they literally just made these the, the worst possible choices. And if that's the case, then we are should be really scared if they're that stupid. But I think this is pretty damn clear, guys. I really do. Perfectly timed today. I'm going to be on with Grand Theft World in about 12 minutes. I'm not going to be there the entire night. I think Jay Dyer is hosting. Uh, I'm going to be co-hosting, but only for so many hours tonight. But I will be there and I will be there on the 5th also for the VIP Summit talking about our, our, our really great autonomy course. But make sure you check out uh, the rest of this that we've done on this topic, guys. Like, sh- there's the the T Lab Substack that Scott's running is doing a great job on. The one he just did on the whole, the dioxin coverage in general. But if you just generally look at the homepage, you'll find that there's a lot. You know, the previous discussions of the minute to minute, the uh, great article by um M- Maddie Bannon in regard to F- FTX. A lot of great stuff coming out. But make sure you follow up on this work because, I mean, guys, I do think this is important and I do think it's obvious. And I'm not going to stop talking about everything else. We're going to have more on foreign policy, more articles coming from Robert. I have an article I need to get to from Matt Aritt that I've, that I've been busy. I haven't been getting to. More coming your way as well as coverage on COVID-19 and everything else. So thank you for being here, guys. I love you. I, I, your support means everything to me and we just couldn't do this without you. So if you want to support this platform, there's a lot of ways to do so. And by the way, that's why I've been leaving Rockfin on premium. I'm just, nothing's behind a paywall anymore. The point is, if you want to watch it at Rockfin through premium, that's a way to support us. Otherwise, it's free everywhere else. I, I sh- for those that didn't know, that's what was happening. I'm, it, the, I'm just done with the paywall in general, even with the moving target show. It's just, it's not my style. And so the point is that now, another way to support us through Rockfin would just be to sign up for Rockfin or sign up for our premium or donate through there. But if you want to donate directly, which 100% goes to us and mail it directly to us, sign up for the Substack. Directly do th- you know that's the way to do that, but there's a lot of ways to support us, and we are going to keep doing this because we believe in you. To believe in us, I love you all as always. Question everything, come to your own conclusions, stay vigilant. She knows. She knows. She knows the words. She know when I say it. She she knows we're ending. Is it time to end? Okay. See you next time.